What's up, everybody? Week 8 is 25 minutes away with the Cardinals and Packers going to kick us off here Thursday night. We're the only playbook. Sweet car, show, show it. What's up, guys? Hey, man. Looking forward to this Thursday night football with Aaron Rodgers. And nobody else. Yeah, I know. Yeah, His receiving core is decimated. Yeah, I think he'll be all right, though. Think so? I think so. You t- are you trying to tell me to relax? I, I, yeah, I am. Loki <laughs> trying to tell you to relax. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's it's going to be good. I have so many fantasy implications in that game, so um, there's going to be a lot of reactions as this podcast is recorded live because the game's going to be on. Um, but again, appreciate you guys coming in and joining us. Episode 15, we're going to preview week eight. A lot of great, great matchups um, to go over. And obviously, we always want to kick things off with social media, the support on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, All the podcast applications that you can listen to us on, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor FM. Certainly appreciate all the love we've gotten so far. Keep it coming. Let us know if there's anything more we can put out for you guys that you guys are looking for. Um, You know, it's it's been good. And we've been going ham on Twitter. Uh, We post all of our shit on Instagram, too, whenever we put our episodes up. So uh, keep the notifications on. I know this week we had a couple episodes running back-to-back because we recorded on Tuesday and now we're recording on Thursday. But... Um, hopefully the information and content got put out and you guys were able to get the waiver pickups and adjust your lineups for accordingly. Um, so again, really appreciate the support. We wouldn't be here without that. Let's jump right into what's important. Uh, obviously we like to kick things off with our injuries. Mm-hmm. It is Thursday. There's a game about to happen in 20 minutes and we have a lot of games on Sunday. Tell us what's going on with injuries. Um, real quick. I know no one's going to get to hear this before this game starts. Um, but MVS, who is a front runner for taking a lot of targets since Devonta Adams can't go. Uh, he's not going to be coming off the IR in time. That was due at 4 o'clock. It's already 6.59 here. So he's officially not playing. Um, the targets are going to have to be spreaded amongst Equinemius, St. Brown, <laughs> Robert, Tunyon, Randall, Cobb, and the other Rodgers. So we'll wow. see how that – and don't forget the running backs. Yep. You know, uh, That's Aaron, true. Aaron Jones might get a lot of points today. I ho- hopefully not because I'm playing against him, but we'll see how this goes. Um, anyways, back to the injuries. Um, other injuries of note as of Thursday – um, Austin Eckler has been added to the injury report about 45 minutes ago. Um, I've looked all over the place. I don't know exactly what the injury is, um, but that's the first time he's been on the injury report all year, okay. which is surprising as hell because that's the reason I didn't draft him this year because of his injuries in the past. Um, so, yeah, um, that strategy worked out for CMC, but it's clearly not working out for Aaron, uh, Austin Eckler because he's killing it. So, but yeah, keep an eye out for Austin Eckler. Um, if he doesn't go, there's a bunch of running backs in that backfield that could get the touches, and we'll see – who gets first team reps um, if Eckler can't go like tomorrow and um, Twitter t- tomorrow and Twitter yeah check out Twitter only only playbook right um, Dak Prescott limited with that calf injury um, so this is very interesting because I kind of just shook it off early on in the week same uh, I was like yeah he's whatever really he had a bye week he's probably got plenty of time to rest that is not the case here the headline on NFL.com in most places are Dak is worried that this injury will worsen if he plays that is the headline right. That's concerning as hell for Cowboys fans because that tells me he's not ready to play. Mm-hmm. He's he's trying to push through the pain to play. We don't know what it's going to be like by Sunday, but the fact that he's saying this on Thursday lets me know that that's not going to be good to go by Sunday. So there's ways the Vikings are going to have to attack this. A lot of pressure needs to be placed so he can ha- so he's forced to push off of that leg uh, earlier than he's used to um, to just kind of uh, 
aggravate that calf. You know, not to re-injure him, but to use that to their advantage. God, that's huge, right? Because the live line right now is favoring the Cowboys by one point. Uh-huh. Um, and so if Dak is not playing, like the Vikings have a very legitimate chance right. um, to, to get that. There's win. a ton of value right now, even with Dak, that the Vikings are at home and dogs, right? Yeah. So taking them straight up to win, we talked about the home field advantage. There's a lot of value. So yeah, you could probably grab that. And if Dak doesn't play, that line's absolutely going to move in the favor of the Vikings. Right. Um, so yeah, so look out for that. Um, Dak, you know, without Dak, I don't know how the Cowboys will do anything, to be honest. So we'll see. Um, after that, Michael Thomas, um, this nagging surgical issue that he, he did the surgery too late into the summer rather than getting it done early in the year. Uh, it's a, officially affected the Saints. Um, they're, it's delaying his comeback, which was supposed to happen last week. He's officially cleared to come back as of last week. But he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. I think it's going to be another three weeks before he comes to play. And even then, it takes some time to get used to yeah. playing situations, you know. Um, so, yeah, Michael Thomas, uh, you know, this is something we talked about last week. Um, it's really tough right now on your benches. The bench is looking icy. Like, yeah. there's there's people that, you know, want to start Kirk Cousins, but they can't because they have to drop somebody else to start him while holding on to their actual quarterback. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, they're starting, uh, you know, quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, which, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. He'll probably do fine. But uh, when I talk about these people that are having these issues, I'm talking about myself because I have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. And I, I can guarantee you Kirk Cousins will probably put up better numbers than Aaron Rodgers this game. Um, you know, actually, no, I'm not going to guarantee. It'll be close, but I think the edge is towards Kirk Cousins. But I, So I really wanted to play him, but I can't because there's nobody worth dropping. So for those reasons, Michael Thomas, if you're holding on to him and you're like a 3-4 three and three, three and four team or, you know, it's not looking good right now to make the playoffs, it's time to cut ties with Michael Thomas, you know, because you can't afford to wait till week 10. Nope. Because you're going to be, you know, you might not even be in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't have an IR spot, no. Yeah. Even if you do, he, he's, if you he's do. off the IR now, so you can't put him on the IR spot, right? If you leave him there for, like, if you never touched him, right. uh-huh. he can stay there. That's the weird. Oh, that's the weird situation. A little workaround. Yeah. Uh, at least for Yahoo. Okay. Uh, I think ESPN. You can't pick up any new players if you still have a player that's invalid on the IR spot. Okay. But so um, you're gonna have to adjust if you right. get waivers. But Yahoo's yet. like, fuck it, you can stay, <laughs> yeah. stay there as long as you want. Um, so yes, uh, people like Michael Thomas who might come back and do well, which he probably will do well. Um, but it's not. There's no need to hold on to that. Yep. There's just it's too precious. Um, still no Miles Sanders out there, so that ankle injury is significant. It's not like a quick sprain that he's already sprained in the past. I think it's a significant sprain, so it's Gainwell time, Boston Scott time. Um, you know, keep an eye out if you're in a PPR league. Obviously, Gainwell is the way to go. Um, Saquon out again. Yesterday, all of those guys, Saquon, Kadarius, Tony, um, Galladay. Galladay, they were all doing limited practice on the side. So, uh, But today, Saquon wasn't at practice. So I think they tried it out. Didn't work out. Um, I don't think Galladay is going to be playing either. Uh, I think Tony's going to try to push through it, but stay tuned. It's, t- t- it's Thursday. We, know, we don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, um, officially, Saquon, it's actually not officially, but – in my opinion, Saquon is not going to play this week. The one thing to remember is they also get the extra day because they're Monday night this week. So right. maybe, yeah, maybe Kadarius gets that extra day and gets yeah. to play. But that's also bad for fantasy owners. Yep, because you don't want to wait till Monday. You, right. Because right. if they out. don't play, there's nobody to replace right. them with. So the best thing to do here is just to pretend these guys aren't going to play. Yep. Unless you've got like, who are they playing? Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs, right? You can go pick up like freaking Robinson or yeah, Hardman. Yeah, like, Hardman, but that's, but that's, that, not. that's not, yeah, yeah, that's not a good strategy. Yeah. Right, right. Um, there is one strategy i just kind of thought of though if you're like winning by uh i don't know by like 40 and it's monday night uh is your last game and you could afford to start one of those shittier wide receivers then you could possibly 
keep you know pick one of those pringles up yeah. and put them on your bench and just hope for the best mm-hmm. but yeah the best thing to do is to not avoid it avoid it at all costs um jerry judy good to go he says he's 100 percent. oh shit that's big news for ppr owners yep. because jerry judy could easily get 10 targets a game if not more um that's not good for his counterpart uh tim patrick tim patrick's officially yeah. donezo yeah. he's going to be playing the kj osborne role now so yeah. you know he could hit here and there but the targets are not going to be there yeah um Mahomes, good to go. Concussion was a little bit worrisome because according to concussion protocol, if you get hit and you stand and you get wobbly mm-hmm. and you fall, you're officially ruled out. What? For, really? For the game. That's okay. that's okay. the actual yeah. protocol for the game. But he didn't even he didn't even leave the game. Right? I mean, he did leave the game, but that wasn't because of the concussion, is what Andy Reid said later on. Um so for that reason, you know, like look at other players that like look at Taysom Hill. Um he got concussed, he kinda like left. He's still not back. Like that dude, I don't even know if he's going to play football again. It's like, it's kind of serious. So looking at like how similar, like there's no, um, there's no scale for concussions. There's no like scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. It's either you're concussed or you're not like right. that's, that's how they evaluate these situations. And mm-hmm. for, to see some players not getting to come back at all for this long. And then some people just like Mahomes comes back immediately, you know, mm-hmm. like that's not that's not a good strategy, but I mean he's good to go as far as football is considered. God bless his CTE life in the future. But um, as far as football is considered, he has no limitations, yeah. so he should be. Good so to he's go. cleared concussion protocol, right? My question is, there, you said there's no timetable. How does like what what's if somebody is concussed and they need to play by Sunday? Like what steps or per, like measures can they take? Yes. Is it just like a natural? It's got to heal on its own, or I what do you do to get like, better? You, they give you like ten words that you have to remember at the beginning of the week. Uh-huh. And yeah. at some point, I, I don't know if it's before the game or something, you have to get at least 70% or so. Yes. It's not the beginning of the week. It's the beginning of the season. Oh, okay. They, so they don't do this like at the beginning of every week. They're like, hey, here's your weekly... Uh, 10 words. No, they don't do that. So it's the beginning of the season. They have like an evaluation for each player. Yeah. And then th- whenever somebody gets concussed and goes into the blue tent, mm-hmm. they have to... To bring those same tests back and see how much they match up mm-hmm. to their answers at that time. Damn. It, it, I'm sure at some point it was like, what's today's date? What's your birthday? And then like they changed it to like make it a little bit more difficult <laughs> yeah. with the words. Yeah. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. How the fuck are these guys remembering the beginning of the season 10 random words? Yeah. Mm. So I don't think it's as random as we think. I don't, this is going to be really complicated. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, going yeah. to get to like a neurological class here. But, um, you know, besides the point, concussions are weird. It's yeah. very weird. And like you mentioned, how do you know when someone's going to play? Yeah. The steps they take during the week is... Um, first as soon as they're able to like pass those tests what they do is they give them uh to see if they can go back out there and play mm-hmm. like they'll do like light uh light training mm-hmm. and then they'll do like now they can practice and if they pass all those checks then they'll be able to play okay like a, a week is a good enough time for okay. them to be able to play but if there's any signs of them not performing as yeah. well as they should they're gone so okay that's the protocol um so Mahomes good to go i don't know how many bills had to be passed uh under the table for that to happen but it's <laughs> happening um and then um jonathan taylor who is on the up and coming rise as far as fantasy is considered but um he had a rib issue last week that's what that was uh they didn't play him in the final drive even though he was doing pretty well all game long and we were wondering why he's not uh out there mm-hmm. but he had a rib issue i don't know what the actual issue is but that's what the problem was and he's never missed a practice in college um or the nfl so far and he hasn't wow. missed any this week so I think he'll be fine. That's okay. not an issue to be worried about. So, yeah, those are the injuries that uh, are of note as of 7.08 p.m. on Thursday. But, um, again, Friday, Saturday, the bulk of the seriousness of these injuries will rise, and we will let you know via social media. 
Okay, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you kind of giving us the rundown. At Only Playbook on Twitter is when we have the slew of injury updates Friday, Saturday, as the week progresses closer to kickoff on Sunday. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, we'll jump into a segment that we're trying out this week. Uh, usually we'll do some buy stock, sell stock, but we're at a pivotal moment in the season, in fantasy season, where you're slightly past the halfway mark and trade deadlines are approaching, right? People need to make moves. If you're if you're struggling, you're putting out the same field, the players on the field, and they're not producing, you have to make changes, right? So people are looking to trade people, keep people they don't know. So I'm going to, I got a list of random guys that I kind of came up with that could be on the teeter totter scale. Okay. Uh, we'll run through them quickly. I want you guys, I want to get your guys' insight on if you think you'd trade for them or keep them. Okay. So first and foremost, we have this bears running back nightmare here. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery is off the IR. Now Khalil Herbert's shown flashes of being more than capable of being the number one back. So if you're a Montgomery owner and you stashed Herbert, you own both of them. Um, what's the strategy here? Are you keeping one? Are you trading one? Are you trading both? Versus if you have Montgomery and you never got Herbert, are you looking to unload Montgomery knowing that maybe his workload is going to be reduced with the emergence of Herbert? Yeah, for sure. So I always mention this, but there's no emotions. You should not play with emotions. That's going to get the best of you. Mm -hmm. Anything that can get the best of you needs to be removed from how you uh, attack fantasy football, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, like, Robert, uh, David Montgomery was actually my number one running back I this year. It was Jalen Hurts, uh, Montgomery, and Tyreek Hill. Those are my number ones pr- prediction-wise mm-hmm. for this year. So it hurts to see David Montgomery not be able to be out there, right? But here's the thing. This Khalil Herbert guy is the real deal. Yep. Like, you know you know how you have D. Ernest Johnson on the AFC side? Mm-hmm. Well, in the NFC, you have Khalil Herbert. Uh, they play different football, but he's very, very good. So, yes. I, if I if I I am a David Montgomery owner with Khalil Herbert in multiple leagues, I am willing to package this up before it's too late. Yep. Because uh, I, I haven't looked at their schedule because I know David Montgomery's not coming back this week or mm-hmm. next week, I believe. But um, as soon as as soon as that time comes around, um, I am definitely going to be shipping these guys to people that need running backs, which is everybody. Yep. Yeah. For for me, it's just like whether or not it's going to be RBBC. I, it's I just have to see that when David Montgomery comes back. If mm-hmm. you have Khalil Herbert, uh, right now you keep you keep him. You don't, I mean, uh, you don't you don't trade him. Uh, when when David Montgomery comes back, you kind of monitor that. I like the whole handcuff situation. Like if David Montgomery goes down again, then you yeah. oh, you have Khalil Herbert. So I like I would I would want to keep him as my running back because David Montgomery, man, he's a great running back as he well. David so, Montgomery was top five fantasy running backs last year. Yeah, top five. Yeah, like that's no joke. And mm-hmm. and this before he got injured, right? He yeah. had some solid yeah. games as it well. Was. So. So for me, so so what I'm hearing is both of you guys would look to obviously package out if yeah. possible. You're talking about more so keeping Herbert just because he could play a couple more weeks. Right. So what I did, um, I actually owned David Montgomery and I picked up Herbert. Um, I actually ended up trading Khalil Herbert knowing that I'm going to keep Montgomery, right? He comes off the IR. He, I still expect him to get maybe like 60 to 65%, but... There is a chance it could go 50-50, but I'm banking on the fact that he was a top five running back last year. So um, I had the depth. So basically what I did was I packaged Khalil Herbert. I packaged Stefan Diggs, who's my receiver, Mm -hmm. and I traded both of them away, and I got Justin Jefferson in return. Now, I got a lot of slack for that from some people, but I am first in this league, and I had the depth. 
I wanted Justin Jefferson. I just think that his trajectory right now with how much the Vikings are force-feeding him the ball with his targets recently is on the uptick, and the Buffalo Bills are a team that can beat you seven different ways. Like, Diggs' production hasn't been quite there just because it hasn't needed to be. Right. Emmanuel Sanders has been crazy. You have Dawson Knox emerging. Cole Beasley gets a ton of targets. You have Allen rushing. And Josh Allen for rushes touchdowns. for touchdowns. Yeah, that's a no-brainer for me. I, I would have done that in a heartbeat. I don't know who's giving you slack for that. Oh, but yeah. Like, like, none of those explanations for why they are giving you slack would None of them would make sense to me yep. because you have a number one, Justin Jefferson in dynasty leagues, is the number one player yep. right now, Jamar Chase is coming up, but as of right now, it's, it's Justin Jefferson. If you can have that player, why would you not have that for a backup running back? Who's going to lose a lot of his carries. Yep. It's just, there's no way yeah. Montgomery comes back and they're like, you know what? Let's not use you. Yep. That's just not going to happen. Correct. You know, if anything, Khalil Herbert's not going to get any carries, you know, that is more likely. Right. Yep. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is yes, Diggs is great. He was number one fantasy or receiving receiver last year as far as targets go receptions go but that's that's the bias that's the anchoring bias people are used to just keeping in their head yep. and that's what keeps that's what keeps them from winning yep you know like players names should not be reasons why you want to keep them on your team nope so i am all for getting rid of herbert while his stock is high yep exactly you know or you could you could you know in another scenario you could also wait until montgomery comes back mm-hmm. um and then you could get rid of Montgomery, but yeah, I would rather I'd, I'd rather get rid of Herbert now and keep the potential of Montgomery getting a all top of the five, carries. Yeah, a top yeah. five former fantasy. Back. Right. Yeah, that guy's gonna that guy's gonna be really sad once Montgomery comes <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's a stopgap for him in terms of Herbert. You get what two more weeks at best as like be yeah. back before right. he's splitting carries. And to me. Uh, one for one value. J- Justin Jefferson's is higher value to me this year than Stefan Diggs. Oh yeah, target sure. share. That the way the offense is run, how important Jefferson is versus how the Bills can still beat you forty five nothing and Diggs can't doesn't need to catch the ball. Right, Emmanuel Sanders. It looking like the best receiver yeah. on that team right now. As far as like the trust factor, mm-hmm. the red zone factor, it's all Emmanuel Sanders. And Diggs is the is getting. I guess he gets the number one cornerback every week as well, right? Yeah. So that also hurts his value. He's really, really good, yeah. but he's taking away the best def- defensive back on the other team. Sanders gets all the shittier guys. You have Cole Beasley getting shittier guys, and it's just like there's no reason to force-feed digs when your offense is so dynamic, yeah. but the Vikings rely heavily on Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Right. So. The the reason I like to trade for both teams, mm-hmm. right? You're number one. You're getting like that number one receiving guy that you you you, pairing, know you can I'm trust. pairing him with Cooper Cup, by the way, on my team. So oh wow, okay, nice. So yeah. you're getting that trust from your uh, wide receiver one or two. I mean, yeah. since you have Cup, yep. So he is getting Herbert, um, who's doing really well. He's going to give you a plug solid, and play immediately, immediately, right? yep. and then he gets Diggs. We're like. Diggs is not a bad receiver. No, no, no. You know, he's still going to get his yeah. numbers, and he, yeah. there's still that potential that, you know, even if he's, he's not been doing good the first seven weeks, the latter half of the season, yeah. he could do well. Too. Correct. So for both teams, I think it's a win-win yeah. situation. Yeah. As of right now, yes, I 100% agree. It yeah. works out because he needs to win, right? He mm-hmm. needs to win yep. games. Right. He can fill in that running back hole and have a wide receiver. Yep. So, yeah, that works out for both you guys. I think in the long run, uh, you know, Jefferson. He's going to have to play you if he wants to <laughs> yeah. win this, right? Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. So, no, I'm glad I got you guys' feedback. But, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in line with you guys on Montgomery Herbert situation. It's a little sticky. Next on Trader Keep, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, all season long, like, if you, you guys have heard this, who yep. do I hate the most? <laughs> Miles Sanders. Anybody. Actually, no, I don't hate anybody, but yeah. I was very disappointed in Miles Sanders. I was Just forced. highly dislike. Yeah. Very highly, highly disappointed. Like, in, like a father. <laughs> hate like is a, a strong word, but you really, really, really don't like him. Right. Okay. Shout out to Emo Music. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miles Sanders, I, you know, if you can buy low on this right now, which is the situation, exactly. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it because I think we're going to see what Gainwell and uh, uh, Scott are going to do. And I don't think it's going to be too pretty. Um, 
they are playing the Lions, mm-hmm. so you will see some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his his stock is going to kind of drop a little bit after these guys do well. So right now, from now till Sunday, if you can find a way to get Miles Sanders for super cheap, like you could probably trade like your third wide receiver. Like you could probably get Michael Pittman yep. for Miles Sanders in like another alternate universe, but it could happen is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at. You could package it with like a, a tight end, like a, a Ricky Seals-Jones and um, a Pittman for Sanders, and I feel like a lot of people might do it. Yep. So those people are the ones that you got to attack right now. Get rid of uh, – sorry, uh, get Miles Sanders on your team right now. Just the insurance factor of a running back one is way more valuable than a bunch of randos. A bunch of random wide receiver threes and tight ends you can, like, stream every week. Right. right? Also, no. also, just a little bit on Michael Pittman's side, I that guy's incredible, right? He's really good. He's got the speed. He can go up and get balls. He's getting over 10 targets in some games. Like, what more do you want from a receiver that gets a lot of targets, get deep get deep uh, bombs, and is trusted in the fourth quarter? And he's got Carson Wentz throwing him the ball. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Mini right. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Mini Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, just, uh, just a lookout for uh, Pittman. Mm-hmm. Pittman. But he ha- he's been losing a lot of targets lately because they've been enforcing the run, but they've mm-hmm. also played, like, weird games in the rain and all yep. kinds of stuff. So, yeah, that's somebody to keep an eye out for. Yep. What about you, Shovit? Miles Sanders. Yeah, by low. By definitely low, definitely trade one. for him. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Running backs, we've already seen eight weeks in are so freaking valuable with how many that have gone down, how much, how active the waiver wire has been with all these rando guys. Like my other league, I, one week I started Damian Williams from the Chiefs, Khalil Herbert from the Bears, and Elijah Mitchell from the 49ers, all of which Went are off. waiver pickups. Yeah. yeah. All of which are waiver pickups. So um, it's incredibly important. So I would also buy low Miles Sanders. Next on the board, another interesting one, Russell Wilson. Yeah, right now I have Russell Wilson, who's been rotting him at bench next <laughs> next to Montgomery. Um, but I'm forced to hold on to him because of my quarterback situation. I have Jalen Hurts, who is the garbage king of fantasy right now. Yep. Maybe ever. Um, and I just, you know, there's going to be a time where he might not be able to sustain that. I So, like, that's how consistent he's been is, like, he plays terrible, and then in the at the end of the game, he has 25, <laughs> 25 points. points. It's been so consistent that I can't even make a decision. Like, nope. you know, if he gave me a random 30-something point game, yep. then I'm like, ooh, trust factor goes up. If he gave me a random 17-point game, I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't trust him so much. Yep. But it's, like, so freaking consistent that it, it makes me, like, like, a little afraid. I'm like, I still don't know if, his, <laughs> if he can be better or if he can be worse. I just don't know that. So for that reason, I've been holding on to Russell Wilson. But again, like we mentioned earlier... If you have to drop somebody, if, if we've come to that point in the season, and also Michael Thomas, by the way, Michael Thomas, Montgomery, and yeah. Russell Wilson are having a threesome in my bench right now, <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. So, um, yeah, if you know, if you're like number one, number two, number three in your league, and your quarterback situation is looking like you have to start Carson Wentz, you have to start Kirk Cousins, you know, if, if you're looking like that. I would go ahead and go grab Russell Wilson just for funsies. He looks know? like he's going to be back as soon as he gets off the IR. Like that's what yeah. they keep saying, which is crazy. Which is three weeks, yeah, right? So one more and, week, and, he's and back. that's week what ten, and you're you still got four, five, six weeks left in fantasy where you have a guy who literally is like top five quarterbacks, right? Like ever since yeah. since he came into the league, yep. he's been top five like every single year. Yep. So, but yeah, it, it all depends on roster spots. What, what do you right. think? That's the thing. Like you, you have to have that depth. You have to have someone to like. Like if someone was to, were to drop Russell Wilson today, I he's immediately picked up. He's yeah. picked up. He's, he's picked done. up. He's the next waiver. The top yeah, guy's picking him up for sure. Yeah. But if you're gonna go trade for him, I think it's difficult to trade quarterbacks. Like, who are you gonna trade for Russell Wilson? Like, who do you trade another quarterback? Do you trade like someone? You know, it, it's hard to get quarterbacks 
for a, a position that's like running back, tight end, or receiver yeah. for me. So it's hard to go. The trade. package is difficult. The package right? the is build around a quarterback. Yeah, is difficult. Um, but I mean, if he's on your team, he's just got to stay there until he's back and yeah. healthy. Yeah, my my situation is I am trading for Russell Wilson if possible. Obviously, just because knowing he's coming back. Uh, knowing the kind of production he can give you. And at this point, the people that have Russell Wilson on their bench are already in like a pretty good quarterback right. situation. So it's like if they're looking to unload them and you're, I don't know, you have a quarterback who's up and down, hit or miss, or you've been like streaming quarterbacks because some people are crazy and try to do that. Um, he's definitely a guy you'd go get. So like Russell Wilson for like Danny Dimes? That's a Daniel straight, Jones. Like straight up trade? Yeah, I mean, like what, what do you trade for Russell Wilson? Like who do you – it, Again, it's it's all situational because what does the guy who, have Russell, who has Russell Wilson need, right? If I'm looking at a running back that I have that's a stopgap, like let's say Chubba Hubbard, right, knowing that McCaffrey might come back, or, or another okay. running back that's a stopgap that you know the guy is in the rearview mirror, I'm getting rid of him. If I can get Russell Wilson knowing that I have the flexibility with the running backs yeah. to not to expend to that guy and knowing the upside that Russell Wilson could give me week 10 on. Right, that's another guy who could come in and just start dropping twenty five points a week for you. Right, yeah. So it, it's tough building a package around a quarterback is definitely tough, especially in a situation like Russell Wilson's where there's so much upside and he's been hurt. Um, but if there's a possibility, I'm definitely trying to go get Russell Wilson. If you have Russell Wilson, I'm looking to maybe if there's value, get rid of him, but otherwise keep him because the value is too high when he does play. Yeah, send me a trade, dude. It sounds like you're talking about us right now. Yeah, this is <laughs> so. Ahead. This is all subliminal, man. I'm just trying to get in his head here. Um, next on the board, Amari Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Let me. Let me. Before we talk about Cooper, let me ask you guys five wide receivers. My friend Maurice. Uh-huh. Remember Maurice's sister the other day? Uh-huh. We, I think it was week two or week three. We talked about her. Uh-huh. Um, so Maurice is, that, is in a conundrum again. Uh, his sister's not involved this time, <laughs> but he asked me today. Uh, he said, "If you get faced uh, with having to start three of these five guys, all right, let's okay? do this. Ridley, okay. Debo, okay. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, okay. Michael Pittman, okay. Or Cooper." Which three do you start? Okay. Uh, so, so Ridley, Debo, uh, Michael Pittman, uh-huh. um, and Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, and, and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. So let me let me tell you what I what I told him. So the one guy. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You go first. Okay. So there's two guarantees here. Do you guys know which two are the Debo guarantees? Samuel? I, Debo. I would absolutely yeah. start. And then Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman's probably no, the other one. No. Emmanuel Sanders. It's Emmanuel yeah. Sanders. Wow. Emmanuel Sanders is so fucking underrated right now. This season, it's unbelievable. Like, he is the guy, go-to guy for touchdowns, and he's also the go-to guy for third downs. It's like he just takes care of that work. And I thought it was a weekly – I thought it was like a one-week thing. Then I thought it was a two-week thing. Then I thought it was a three-week thing. And now it's just like an everyday thing. So I'm, I'm willing to bet one more start with Samuels, or mm-hmm. sorry, with uh, Emmanuel Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, I'm willing to bet that one more week that he's going to perform like this. If he performs like this one more time, it's a no-brainer. So right now, as of as of for this week, I'm starting Debo Samuels for sure mm-hmm. and Emmanuel Sanders for sure. So to the, for the other three, this this is the case that I'm making for the other three. Okay. Okay. So Ridley is just coming back, right? Mm-hmm. So if I don't start him, I can't get mad that he scores a bunch of points because I'm playing the situational stuff, right? Like he hasn't done shit. Like why would I risk not playing these other amazing dudes who have produced, you know? So I'm not going to get mad if Ridley gets 30 points this week because, and I benched him because, you know, Mm -hmm. I was just playing the trend and Ridley's going against a Carolina defense that has shown to be good at some time. Right. So, and then Pittman, right? I told you guys everything I love about him. He's been the number one option. They love going deep with them. They're at home against the Titans whose defense has been bad. The worst Mm -hmm. wide receiver defense, Mm -hmm. right? So everything points towards him, but the thing is the Titans are so crazy. Like, the, if, I feel like if the Titans are a drug, 
they're cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Like you have no yeah. idea what they're yeah. going to do. They're going to run the ball on third. And like, it's just like, I can't predict the Titans. I don't think anybody can predict no. how well the Titans are going to do. Yeah. Yep. So for one more week, because I have these other options, I, Pittman's a must start, right? Yep. But this guy's got five good receivers. So we have to decide. Yep. So for this week, I'm going to say, let me just see what the Titans are capable of. It's not so much on Pittman. It's more on the Titans defense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Pittman out of the, th- I'm going to take him out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now let me tell you about the other options. It's Cooper um, and who's the other one again? Cooper and um, that's it. Uh, Devo, Sanders, Cooper, uh, Ridley. Uh, Ridley. Yeah, we talked. Yeah. So Cooper's the other one. Yeah. So you'd be starting Cooper? I think I would start Cooper. Same thing was same thing as Michael Pittman, but not against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. This one's on Cooper, right? So I I said um, it's not like I, I want to start Pittman, but it's not that I don't want to start Pittman. It's I'm more worried about the defense. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite for the for Cooper, right? I want to start. I don't really want to start Cooper because he's been average since week one. Mm-hmm. Week one he had a crazy week. Since then he's gotten like one deep touchdown, like nothing really, not many. Yeah. You know he's been kind of like eh. But he's going against the Vikings who, lo- who just lost Patrick Peterson and they already are like you know just weak in the secondary so i think they will feast i don't know who's gonna feast but i'm willing to take chances that this is gonna be a shootout and i think in a shootout in a cowboys game cooper's name will be talked about yeah for this game cooper is definitely a fantasy start but Cooper, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Woods for the Rams, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they've been, you know, you you think he's a wide receiver one, uh, or maybe not for the Rams, but, like, you think he'll get his targets, but then Cooper Cup comes in, or, like, C.D. Lamb comes in yeah. and takes all of that. So, yeah. like, they're both in, like, the same sort of tier as far yes. as wide receivers. The only difference is Cooper actually gets, like, deep bombs thrown mm-hmm. to him. Uh, Woods is just Woods red just, zone or something, yeah. like, short. But, yeah. yeah, it's very similar. So, what do you, who would you guys play out of those guys? So, for me, a couple things to note. Amari Cooper gets a favorable matchup this week just because you expect Dantzler to probably be on C.D. Lamb, maybe. And that means Brashad Breeland gets Amari Cooper, which, again, you like those chances as a receiver. Now, my only caveat, Michael Gallup just came off the IR, returned to practice on Wednesday. I don't know what his status is for Sunday night yet. I think he's going to play. Okay, so that's one thing, right? The second thing is we're still unsure about Dak Prescott. And the third thing is the Vikings' biggest weakness has been their running defense, and they have Zeke and Pollard. So situational football thinking they might not need to use cooper as much they might not need to use amari cooper as much um so for me i'm looking at we all have a consensus debo samuel is like a must start right um i'm also looking at emmanuel sanders they're playing the jets who are awful the only other thing you always worry about when it's a too good of a team against too bad is they score 40 points in random ass ways and you don't even need to worry about sanders that's the only other fear but from a touchdown perspective it's been sanders like all season for the bills and so that's why if you're looking for fantasy points touchdowns are going to be more important than 70 60 yards right because he's going to get the yards with the touchdowns so i like emmanuel sanders and for me it does come down to Pittman and cooper but i am going to lean michael Pittman. yeah okay but again it's very very close the titans are scary the titans shut down the chiefs to three points tyree kill one of the most explosive receivers right mm-hmm. so you're like tyree kill Pittman. well that's no brainer right now but the titans are weird they shut down the chiefs and then they could give up they lost to the fucking Jets, they lost to some really bad Titans teams. Yeah, lost to the Jets. Yeah, Titan lost to the Jets. Yeah, so I, I Corey that Davis had a crazy game. Corey Davis, and so you don't know what the hell you're going to get. And for that reason, and I think Pitt, Pittman's emerging into a guy who's going to eventually become like I don't care who his matchup is, he's a must start. I like his upside. Nice. Yeah, for me it's Pittman, Debo, and then um, uh, Sanders or Cooper. 
Cowboys. Cooper. Cooper. Oh, I like nice. it. I like Cowboys. it. So we all have different different yeah. takes, but yeah. all of those of which are logical, right? You can't be mad about the way you approach that at all. Uh, you mentioned another guy who's actually on my list. Let's jump into him real quick. Robert Woods. Trade or keep? Uh, trade. If you can. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to be wanting to get Woods, um, and it's got to, like, seeing that. The, here's the thing, though. Cooper Cup has done so well. Mm-hmm. That like it's almost too like well. Like, like when is he going to regress? Like at I, some point, I, is this sustainable? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. He's young. Like why change what works? Right. <laughs> this is clearly the greatest. Like one of the greatest combos from a quarterback wide receiver perspective we've ever seen yeah. so far. Like I don't see them going away from that and being like, oh, Robert, what's look sad over there? Let's let's give him. <laughs> it some happened balls. one week. It did. It did happen one week, and it will happen again. Yeah. That it, was the week Sean McVay came out and said we need to get Woods more involved, <laughs> yeah. and sure enough, Woods gets it. But it's yeah. not mattering, is yeah. the thing, yeah. right? It doesn't matter. It could be Woods. It could be Jefferson. Like fucking yeah. give it to Higby. I bet Higby could have a big game. Right. So yes, for that reason, like there's so many other names that come into mind before Robert Woods for me to go get. There's like a lot. Like Michael Pittman is going to be one of those guys I want to go get. Mm-hmm. I already have him in all the leagues, but if I didn't. I would go get him. Robert Woods is not that name. He doesn't come into that category yeah. of like, like Cooper Cup's going to get his. Like if they would be dumb to be like, yeah. mm, I don't think Cooper Cup's, uh, I don't think we should do this anymore. Yeah. Like I think we there's should. never going to be a week where they're like, oh, Cooper Cup's getting hit garbage by Jalen Ramsey. At this point, they don't give a fuck who's on Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's good. They're on the same team. So that works <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. So that was just an example, like a Jalen Ramsey type cornerback, right? right? Like Lattimore there's no, or something. There's no matchup. There's no matchup that you're like, ah, oh, Cooper Cup got, yeah. has that guy this week. That'll be tough. Like right now he's matchup proof. Yeah. I wish, I mean, Woods for Ridley. I mean, what do you think? What do you guys think about that? I actually would I'm, really like if you yeah. have Woods and you can go get Calvin, Calvin, Ridley, Calvin Ridley. You've already seen a healthy Woods eight weeks into the season to know what you're going to get. Right. Right. You still haven't seen a productive Ridley yet, and the upside's so high. They're kind of just figuring out the offense, yeah. and now with Pitts being insane to where you're like, shit, do they need to start double teaming? Yeah, Pitts? they do. That opens <laughs> up Ridley. Yeah, go get yeah. Ridley. That's get what, rid of Woods. That's what I'm saying. In the long run, Ridley's the guy here. Out of all those names we named, the guy with the biggest upside is definitely Ridley. Yep. Uh, Cooper, uh, Robert Woods. Are, we've already seen his upside you know that's the problem I, I i would not go get him i would rather get rid of him right yeah so that that's a good one a uh, couple more dj Moore. oh you keep him yeah i yeah. Well, who would you like Ooh, i'm trying to think um they're in a little slump right now right mm-hmm. uh if they want to be a competitive football team they're gonna want to do what they did before this slump which they have not been doing so and that formula was give dj Moore the ball mm-hmm. uh and the cmc comes back That'll open up the field. Then the defense is going to have to more worry about closer to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. The back end of behind the line of scrimmage gets opened up more. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to go buy. You got to buy low on DJ Moore right now. Yeah, no, I know. I think so too. Roddy Anderson is not doing anything for yeah. for them. And Sam Darnold. I mean, if they want to win the game, win games, Sam Darnold needs to step it up. And uh, so I'm gonna take my chances with dj moore who i think is the number one receiver on that team and mm-hmm. and and i guess stash him for now or, okay yeah so you're keeping you you're keeping keeping him or trading for him right like you're, you're not sold you're not selling dj Moore no, at this point no not on, like with cmc that guy is gonna have a beautiful it's an, it's night and day yeah. it's a night and day difference yeah um yeah that's a good one and then the last one uh, antonio gibson yeah i want no part of this <laughs> i'm done with this podcast <laughs> i want zero i want zero shares of antonio gibson i will not even i'm still starting him because i have to <laughs> yeah but i also now i, I successfully got uh j uh what's his name McKissick. mckissick on the teams that i have uh good. gibson so now the handcuff is there awesome. but that also took away one of my bench spots which like you know you already know it's so hard um oh check this out it's a crazy conundrum so i am i have to start antonio gibson i mm-hmm. have to because i'm stuck mm-hmm. i have uh mckissick it's a non-ppr league right uh-huh. <sighs> right so i can't start 
I gotta choose Gibson over. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so you gotta tough. get that touchdown. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. yeah. So what having having uh, McKissick on my bench, you know what that did is I couldn't drop anybody. It was Kadarius Tony was the best person to drop, mm-hmm. so I dropped the kicker. I don't have a kicker at this moment on Thursday night football time. I don't have a kicker on my team, and I'm just gonna wait until Sunday, see if there's any injuries. Maybe like you know, McK- Gibson says he guarantees three touchdowns, <laughs> so I can just drop McKissick. But who's, this, your, who's your defense? Uh, the Cowboys defense right now, which is not going to be them on Sunday. So like this, like my brain's going to explode Sunday, Saturday. So I if can't, you, if you guys think you need to have your fantasy lineups set by Thursday, this is living proof that you yeah. wait till the oh, last. Absolutely week. not. Yeah. Dude, there's some leagues where I don't even draft a kicker or a defense because you look at the upside of so many players. Mm-hmm. I, I'll just go into week one with no kicker, no defense, and then make a move like Saturday night. Yeah. So yeah, screw that. Screw looking at your lineup and look how nice it looks. I care zero percent about yeah. that. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, Gibson's a tough one. I would definitely sell. I, I'm looking to get rid of him. Tell There's me, not much value. So who tell me why. Tell thing. me why I should keep him. There's no. Re- I mean, the only here, the only reason you should keep Antonio Gibson is no matter how crazy good JD McKissick looks, they refuse. They refuse to make him the first down, <laughs> second down running back. Yeah. Right. So based on just situationally, Gibson gets the ball whether he likes it or not on first and second down. He does. So like volume, right? The name of the game is volume. So I mean, Ugh, you got to fuck. The volume's like at six point yeah, five. It's, it's not even that loud. There's like no base. It's like yeah. fucking awful. He, he lost me the minute he came out. and He says he has a stress factor. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. I don't know how you play. He, he did game. really. He did the best game of the season was after he came and announced that. But like, I don't even want, you know what? I don't even get into this because I'm going to literally going to, my head's going to explode if we keep talking about Antonio Gibson. <laughs> it's all good. We, we, ju- we, we talked a lot about these trader keeps, but it's important, yeah. right? Because we just talked about it. It's, it's a crucial, crucial time in fantasy football. Trade deadline's coming up and people need to make moves if they want to jump into playoff spots. So those are the guys we talked about. Uh, send us questions. If you guys have questions about who you want to trade, keep, uh, you're wondering if you need to cut somebody, et cetera, at only playbook on Twitter, we're extremely responsive and, um, you know, we want to help you out. So now, let's get into the games. We have so many games to just preview. Uh, rapid fire, right? One game already has started. The Packers are at the Cardinals right now on Thursday Night Football. Three minutes have passed. It's 0-0. Both teams have punted going three and out. Both teams have punted. Yep. Cardinals. Cardinals. Um, actually, Packers got the ball first. Got nine yards punted. Who got the nine yards? It matters. Aaron Jones got two carries for five yards. Aaron Jones got one catch for nine yards. Okay. So, Aaron Jones is their entire offense God, so far. God dang it. And then the... Uh, Cardinals had one run by Edmonds for four yards, one run by Rondell Moore for two yards, and then incomplete by Kyler Murray. They punted it back, okay. and now the Packers have their second possession with yep. 11 minutes yeah. to go. Okay. Um, so that game, the Cardinals are favored by six. Over-under is 50 and a half. Um, we talked about it. No receivers for the Packers right now. Mm-hmm. No receivers, receivers for the Packers, but... Aaron Rodgers is six and zero when Devonte Adams has been out since Matt Lafleur has been the coach. So it and and it's it's an anomaly, right? How like how does it even yeah, make sense? Your well, best receiver, that, the you know, right, team is but out. that's just that's just with um, Adams out, not with Adams, MVS, and Lazard out. That's yeah. a whole different lineup. And 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 years ago, like two years ago, even three years ago, Devonte Adams being out meant you still had like a. a a not super old shit Randall Cobb, right? He's still valuable at the time. MVS could take the top off. They've had other receivers around Cobb that have, mm-hmm. or that around Adams that have been good enough when he's out. But this time it's not just Adams. Lazard is out. Yeah. 
right? MVS is MVS out. out. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers just incompleted a pass to the other Rodgers. Yeah, it, so he's thrown it, to the he, back. He's he, thrown to his brother Rodgers. He actually dropped it. it oh, was, he did? Yeah, he, he was sitting on it and it hit, hit his chest. Yeah, so it could be a dropped. long, long night for the Packers. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Well, hopefully. Aaron Rodgers just threw it to the Aaron Rodgers again for seven yards. So. Oh, my God. See, um, I, I think it's all about the coaching aspect of this, right? Like, whenever Aaron Rodgers, and, and they asked him, like, they asked Matt LaFleur, like, how, is, how are you guys winning? Is, is Aaron Rodgers just a d- better quarterback with that Devonta Adams? And I think it, it they have to change how they schematically yeah. like go and win yeah, the game for sure, and they have to like maybe run the ball more and and Cardinals know, I think are top two or top three in run defense, but they don't have uh, JJ, JJ Watts, Watts out for season out for yeah. surgery he, season season he, ending shoulder shoulder he, surgery. He had four injuries on one play. Dude. He tore his labrum. He I, I don't even know dislocated his shoulder. He like tore his rotator cuff as well, and then some one other thing I forgot what it was. You got to feel for that guy, man. When yeah. he's on the field, the dude's such a stud, and he can't stay healthy. He's a leader. Um, but yeah, we talked about it. Cardinals, um, no JJ Watt, but they are they are at home. They're favored by six. I honestly think the Cardinals are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect them to. It would be embarrassing for them not to. At home, you're seven and zero. Yes, you're going against the Packers, but again, they're so decimated. They're so decimated. The Cardinals have beat better teams so far this year. The Packers not at health health is a pretty decimated and pretty average team in my opinion and their defense hasn't been nothing anything great they just threw a 40 yard deep For, bomb to <laughs> to uh rogers again no uh jones aaron jones but it, he's not Devonta adams uh, yeah. so did he catch it no <laughs> oh. so for me it boils down to one guy and one guy only it's a rod and i think that a rod can do this amazing things on the field and that he can lead this cardinals to uh lead the uh packers to to victory to victory so so show it's taking the packers i actually took the packers i I had the lowest confidence um on my pick'em league but i did choose the packers oh man damn that's bold that's bold that's a bold take cotton see if it pays (laughs) off for you so yeah that that's going to be a game that's going on right now we'll update you as it's going on obviously first game on sunday show steelers are at the browns divisional matchup steelers coming in at three and a half point dogs over under sitting at 42 and a half i think the consensus is baker mayfield should play he should play he shouldn't play yeah he but, shouldn't play but i think he will play and nick chubb also looks like he's likely to play right mm-hmm. these are all the right terms you're yep, using yep. yes I'm very very selective here because we don't <laughs> know for sure i feel like the team is also saying those things to keep the defense on edge because you don't know what to prepare for but nonetheless the Steelers are coming off a bye week they had a whole week to kind of figure shit out they'd built some momentum a couple weeks prior to the bye week right getting a a dub Um, what's the recipe here for the Steelers to contain the run and find enough offensive firepower to get the job done. yeah that's a good point contain the run and and the Steelers are not the best run defense team uh pass pass defense like the uh, pass rush and that that's what they excel at with TJ Watt uh, Highsmith and Cam Hayward guys like that but as far as run defense goes I mean we saw the Bronco we saw Seattle with Alex Collins kind of have their way uh mm-hmm. against the Steelers and and um so it's going to be a tough matchup for that defensive line and the thing to uh, look out for we talked about the offensive line for the um Browns uh, last week about some of the injuries tackles I, I, those tackles uh, are expected to play t- as well okay so it's not looking good for like ma- you know matchups against Darren Johnson and and Nick Chubb so I'm, I'm worried uh, for the Steelers um, it, it's just like everything needs to go right for them to go and win this game mm-hmm. um, and and offensively like that for for Ben Roethlisberger I don't know if I trust that O-line against uh, Miles Garrett uh, Jadavian Clowney so so for me I mean it's looking at this matchup it's just it's going to be a very tough tough uh, way tough to defeat the team but obviously we just need to see you know the running uh, rushing be better for uh, the Steelers to kind of get that uh, pass offense flowing 
So the Steelers, um, you know how like you guys just always beat down on the Browns, like historically, right? Since like we all started watching football, yeah. So the Steelers have lost their last two games against the Browns, right? They have not lost three straight games against Cleveland since 1986. Damn, God, I hate those stats. I know because there's a first time for everything, right? right? <laughs> And it's like anytime they come up with the most outlandish stats, it's always like by the end of the game and one. (laughs) That was the night. That was the night that it happened. Um, But you're right. The problem is going to be stopping the run defense or the rushing game with your run defense. But you have Najee Harris. Najee Harris has taken the next step now. Najee Harris is a number one running back. He is uh, the guy. He is a workhorse. Feed him, throw him the ball, do whatever you can to get Najee Harris the ball. If he can do enough in the run game that it keeps the defense honest, that's when things will open up for Deontay and Claypool, who we're still waiting to break out, right? Deontay's shown that he is. Like, he gets the bulk of the uh, targets. We're still waiting for some consistent play from Chase Claypool. And all that's going to do is help the offense overall as a whole anyways, right? So it's going to start with Najee. If Najee can establish the run, then you take some pressure off of Ben Roethlisberger, and that's when he needs to start making those three-step drop throws. I hope they do that man yeah. well, um, i'm hoping they come out and win um so but but we'll see it is at the dog pound which makes yeah. it a little bit harder yep but we'll see yeah it, it'll it'll be a good game it's going to be uh pivotal for both teams because the browns are coming in four and three Steelers are three and three right so which way are they going to be heading in the latter part of this season with the playoff push coming up uh that leads us to the panthers the panthers are on a very very bad skid they are traveling to atlanta to take on the falcons who are actually on the up and up uh falcons are favored by three at home so they're just getting home field advantage here over under sitting at 46 and a half what are we expecting this game to go yeah so falcons are hot right now matt ryan he looks like he's got some options cordell patterson kyle pitts um and calvin ridley russell gage is back Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, it looks like he's got some options, and that this offense can uh, definitely, you know, keep up. Uh, and and Panthers are coming off of a loss against the Giants. That defense that started that led them to three and zero. It's almost like when the pan when the Panthers are not don't have CMC, they're a completely different team. Yeah, it's like the defense forgets how to play defense when CMC's not <laughs> there, which makes no sense. But but it also does. CMC keeps the offense on the field. CMC right. helps the offense control the clock. CMC converts on third downs, right? He gets that defense rested enough so that when they're on the field, they're fresh. And last week, they weren't doing that. Sam Darnold couldn't move the ball to save his life. He was turning the ball over. He was getting sacked. He was not rushing, which is the one good thing he does. So they're heading it in opposite directions. We talked about the Falcons. Their three wins are against the three worst teams in the league. So it's going to really, it's going to be one of those where like, who are you? Like, are you for real or are you not? Obviously, winning against the opposing team here is not going to make you for real, but it at least excludes you from, like, the shit, the bottom feeders, right? Yeah. And if the Panthers lose this, they are officially in that, to me, the Jets, Dolphins, uh, Jaguars territory. Yeah, they, uh, they've been in that category for me. This is the fake news Panthers we're talking about. They, they led the NFL in sacks from week one to week three, mm-hmm. and now they're tied for last since that time. This is a whole different team. It's a whole different team, and they're not good. They're not good at all in any aspect of the game. And, you know, the Falcons, as much as they are, you know, fun to make fun of and all that good stuff, I think they're good enough to take down uh, fake news Carolina Panthers. Yeah. You're at home. You get three points. I kind of like the over here. 46 and a half? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting just because we've seen Panthers defense be good Mm -hmm. and we've seen the Falcons offense be garbage. So it's just like if you have something like that, the flow could dictate otherwise. But you're right. Recent trends lead us to believe that the Panthers defense is not who they were supposed to be. And the Falcons have enough weapons on offense to get the job done. But can the Panthers score? I mean, they did against the Vikings, right? So they have they have the options. 
Um, they've got Nick Chubb and uh, I mean the, not Nick. I mean uh, they, they Chubbard. Had, yeah, sorry. Chubb Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. The, the Vikings game it was more like a fourth quarter comeback kind of a situation, and they just executed really well at that mm-hmm. time. But they were struggling, dude. They had like eighty points passing by halftime. Eighty yards. Eighty yards. Sorry, 80, <laughs> eighty yards. But hey, just real quick, breaking news. Uh, Hopkins just scored a touchdown on a really, really deep play, but I think he got called for offensive face mask. What? Okay. So it'll still be a catch, but they'll will they mark it 15 yards from where it happened? That's what it should. Ha- that's the play. That's how it. That's how this works. Damn. So they're gonna be in the red zone here. Maybe so, close. Uh, Connor time. Yeah, which sucks. I'm playing against him, and I benched him in my it, other it league. It shouldn't be red zone. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. No, okay. it should be a little bit behind. But we'll see. There might be other penalties. We don't have sound, so I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So let's jump into the next game. The Dolphins. The Dolphins are going to be at the Bills. Dolphins struggling one and six. Bills coming in four and two after that loss. Buffalo's favored by 14 points here. 14 points at home. Over under 48 and a half. Um, what do you guys think? 14. Is that a coverable spread? Yes. For the Bills against the Dolphins. Yeah. Hey, the Dolphins' yeah. offense has been kind of looking Tua. Tua is not looking bad. I mean, he who, did throw. Who do, they, who do they play? Who do they play? <laughs> Falcons. The Falcons. Yeah. They played the Falcons. But um, when when there was a game, Miami got blown out uh, three three weeks ago. That that was with Brissett, right? This mm-hmm. is Tua. Tua can lose you games. Tua can also keep you in games. Yeah. And so for that reason, I mean, I'm not gonna go out and say Miami Dolphins beat the Bills, which I think <laughs> very very unlikely. But yeah. a 14 point spread seems okay. kind of so like a 13. Little, Sure, 12, <laughs> 12 and a half. No, that's, that's Another fair. thing to think about, what's the weather in Buffalo this weekend? Ooh, I mean, it's not like, I doubt it's snowing. It's probably just wind, a little bit of, who knows? Yeah. I mean, you got a team from Miami who's like all tropical and shit traveling to like a cold-ass, windy-ass place I, in I, Buffalo. You know what's funny? I would rather take that temperature than the Miami temperature because I, as soon as I step out of the airplane, like if I'm wearing glasces, I can't see. Fogging like, up? I can't see at all. I, I hate the humidity. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, man, the it's a built number one defense versus the last place defense. So it's just gonna be worse like the the best offense wins. And you know, just so happens it's a Buffalo Bills offense, which is like unstoppable. Like there's fourteen points seems very, very doable, whether it's Tua, whether it's Russell Wilson on mm-hmm. the other end. Like, um, there's only one thing that I might kind of wonder, and that's if Devontae Parker is gonna play. I think he may play. That does extend the field a little bit. Waddle gets a little bit more room to waddle around. Um, you know, <laughs> I like that. And I think they and might waddle the waddle the waddle the waddle, 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 waddle <laughs> That duck video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe not 14 points, but this is still going to be a blowout in some. Would you? Form what about or like 20 and a half points? Oh lord. Yeah, I mean that's favorable because you can win by 21. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I still you, like you where still, twenty and a half is. You you still like uh, the Bills at twenty and a half? Like if you, I don't. I don't think I would ever bet that. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a great line. Like I'm <laughs> taking it. But but if I had to guess whether the Dolphins are capable of covering or the Bills, I just think the Bills at home. There's a higher chance. The there's Bills a higher chance cover. to it me. Could be like a blowout. Yeah, I, I, easily. I mean, thirty-eight, thirteen seems like a home. very easy. Thirty-eight to seven seems like a very easy score. And like I, I just, I don't know, man. Buffalo did lose last week. Uh, granted, it was a tough game, but. I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're at home. I think they're pissed, and I don't know. I I expect them to win. I think fantasy-wise, you're going to see Josh Allen have a great game, obviously. Uh, Sanders, touchdowns probably. Dawson Knox is a play. Uh, Stephon Diggs. Um, But for the Dolphins, is there anybody you're starting? Gaskin, are you starting Miles Gaskin this week? Um, I'm starting Waddle. I mean, I wouldn't, but you start Waddle, you start Gusecki. Gaskin, um, if you have to, you don't have anybody else, you start him uh, just because of that injury with uh, Malcolm Brown. and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I mean it's it's a number one defense. It's it's tough to start those guys, but Gaskin yeah. being a tight end, there's not many other options. So. Gasecki, yeah, oh, sorry. I, I would say out of all those guys, Gasecki probably yeah. seems like the most Gusecki. likely to just start. Right. Um, but nonetheless, I think the Bills are going to win that. Uh, 
again, 14-point spread, just too damn. They're too damn good. The Dolphins are too damn bad. Uh, touchdown, Chase Edmonds, 11-yard direct snap. Damn. So, there Touchdown you go. who? Chase Edmonds got a direct oh, okay. snap touchdown. Nice. Just what you needed. Was I playing against him? No, I, I was playing, playing against Connor. Right. right. So, you're good. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, <laughs> jumping into the 49ers. The 49ers are going to travel to Chicago with Soldier Field, take on this Bears offense that cannot do anything. Did you say Chicago or Chicago? Either or. I like Chicago better because right now they are playing like shit. Um, 49ers are coming in four-point favorites. Over under so low, 39 and a half. Uh, yeah, makes sense because both offenses are absolutely struggling, right? Um, Garoppolo gets another week to get a little bit healthier. So I think he's still playing. Trey Lance is still hurt, I take it. Yeah. Um, what are you going to say? No, so they asked the coach, I uh, forget his name. Um, it basically, he's like, so is Garoppolo playing? And the guy goes, Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. no Shanahan. Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan goes, yeah. I think so. Like that was his response in press yeah, conference. Yeah, Lance is actually back at practice. Okay. Um, but yeah, even if he's healthy, the, the go-to move here is Garoppolo in his eyes. Yeah, that's the luxury they have versus the Bears. It's the same team basically. They're look, they're pointing at each other like the Spider-Man <laughs> meme. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, one decided to use the veteran quarterback. One decided to go with the youth, and um, th- we're gonna see what the result of that is. I think the 49ers defensive line is gonna be too tough against that Bears offensive line. Again, Field has given me no reason to believe that he has situational awareness, right? Yeah. He's he's a scrambling mobile quarterback, but everything he's done so far, not to all his own fault, but it's almost like he's exacerbated the problem. He's not alleviating the problem. He's definitely like, not making it better. That's yeah, for sure. I'm like, you have legs, right? So you would think a shitty line and stuff, he can at least make things better, but he's actually putting himself into worse yeah. situations. Three fumbles last week, three interceptions last week, right? This is bad. That's obviously not going to be a good recipe this week. The 49ers are more than capable. They're like a weird team that performs randomly, beats up on shitty teams at random times, and then lays duds. So I think they're the same team. I I feel like if they're very comparable to each other. Uh, They both established a run. The running, the game is the focal point here. Yep. Um, and they both have okay defenses that do the do the get the job done. You know, they're dirty. Um, mm-hmm. They're at home at Chicago. Um, you know what? I think I might go Chicago on this. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Chicago. Like, the spread is four points. I don't right? like the 49ers at minus four, but I think 49ers are going to win the game. Yeah. Okay. 49, uh, I would pick 49, uh, Chicago Bears plus four, uh-huh. right? Um, that th- It could be a three-point game. Like, yep. a field goal wins the game, and, yep. and that would be it. But, uh, you know, it, it, you're right. Like, Elijah Mitchell versus Herbert. Um, that's kind of like the matchup. Both guys should be started. Both guys yeah. should have good games. And yeah. uh, it seems like they're just going to try to run the ball. <laughs> yeah. And then, but the Chicago Bears defense is is fairly is good too, right? Yes. The um, Tom Brady. Khalil Max out, I think, right? Yeah, he's Khalil out. Max yeah. is out. Um, so, but the Tom Brady, the Buccaneers were kind of anomaly because that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and the 49ers offense just looks really bad as well. So I think I I want to go with the Bears here, um, at least covering that spread at minus four. Yeah. I, I think I think it's going to be run heavy. I think Mitchell has a good game. I think Herbert will have a good game. I think Debo Samuel is going to have a big game. So I think that's going to be the difference factor is Fields has shown an inability yeah. to get any receiver involved. So, like, prove us wrong. Let's see an Allen Robinson game once. Let's see Darnell Mooney go deep. Let's see something. Let's see Cole Komet catch a pass. Like, yeah, these are two of the four worst passing teams in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. So, you know. Strap it's, on for a sloppy one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the Eagles, the Eagles, another sloppy team. Uh, they're going to go to the Detroit Lions. The Lions still searching for their first victory. Eagles on the road coming in at two and five are three and a half point favorites over under at 48. Um, Chovit, you're talking about a little bit about the Lions getting their first victory this week. 
I mean, it, you have to like what Dan Campbell has been doing for the Lions, right? Like la- last really? week. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like last week they're, they're playing against the Los Angeles Rams, and and up until the fourth quarter, it seemed like they had a pretty solid chance to win the game. I mean, until Matthew Stafford, you know, just lit it up. But uh, for me, it's like Dan Campbell's doing everything he can to get this team going. Yeah, you've got some sort of. I'm sure you've got to feel good be, to be able to. Covered the spread at least. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he's <laughs> looking at. You that. didn't get shit on. Didn't get shit on. And then now you're playing against an Eagles team whose offense is just where is it at? Like the the coach uh, Sirianni, he's uh, he's the play call, play caller there, and nothing he is doing is working for the Eagles. Yep. Right. If the Eagles bounce need a bounce back game, it's this game right. as well. So both teams are kind of like trying hard um, to win, and and they have favorable matchups, but. This is the game the Lions should be able to take control of and get their first W of this season. Yeah, you're right. This should be the game. Um, the Eagles are better at offense. The Eagles are better at defense. The Eagles are better at passing. The Eagles are better at rushing. So if you're comparing them like head-to-head, statistically, statistically, Lions. Eagles are better than Lions in pretty much everything. Um, but it is at home, Lions. It is at home, and it is a 0-7 is tough and 088 is even tougher that is probably the gravestone if not they already have one um so yeah i think the lions probably play with a little bit more heart here like you know they it's it's not really a must win for the eagles mm-hmm. i mean you know it is a must win but not as much as it is for the lions there's a lot to lose here for the lions whereas the eagles you know they're in a shitty division they're already not that good but the Lions really have something to prove here. Um, they've kept up with every single team. You know, they haven't really gotten murdered by anybody. Um, you know, and if this is like a great platter, it's like a confused team coming into your house. Like it's time to execute. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the one thing I'll say is with the Lions, you said like we talked about Dan Campbell and they played exactly how an Owen six team down like as a 15 point dog yeah. should have played. Right? right. If you're a team that is that much worse and you come in and you're like, we're just going to run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt, run, run, pass, punt. You're like, why the fuck am I watching this game? Right. But they didn't do that. They yeah. tried their absolute hardest. They did things that most teams don't do on normal football games. So, I still commend them on at least trying to change it up, right? Don't put the same fucking brand out there that's lost six weeks in a row. Do something different. And they put themselves in a position to actually be leading against the Rams when they were 15-point dogs. So you're right. We talked about it last week. We were like, we think the Lions at 0-7 are a better team than the Eagles at 2-1-5. That was the exact thing we said, right? And so it is. It's a situation where I think there should be a ton of offense. I think there should be a ton of points. I think the Lions should be able to score. I think the Eagles should have no problem scoring. But I think it's going to come down to execution and decision making and right now Sirianni has shown me nothing to lead me to believe that he's playing coaching to win it's all just like fourth quarter bullshit yeah the Lions are at least trying to win football games right they had the Vikings on the ropes they've had the Rams on the ropes the Ravens came back against the 49ers they had the Ravens on they've had teams on the ropes that are much much better than them that at 0-7, Dan Campbell this week is probably telling his team, guys, if we want to get the monkey off our back, this is the week to do it. So, yes, it's tough to be like, I believe in motivation, inner, you know, emotions, blah, blah, blah. But there's something to be said for that. Yeah. I absolutely believe it. So I also think the Lions, Moneyline Dogs, are worth laying some juice down on. Yeah. I just feel bad for the Lions. And you know who else feels <laughs> At this bad? point, we're all just like emotionally pitying the Lions, yeah. thinking they're going to win every week. And Ma- but. Matthew Stafford feels bad for the Lions, too, because I think he, it was like a timeout, and he was just like laying around and, and talking to the defensive guy. He's like, guys, it's okay, guys. I like what y'all doing. Hang in there. <laughs> I would punch him in the face. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I expect all Eagles viable fantasy players to be started. You start Jalen Hurts. You start Devonta Smith. You start probably Kenneth Gainwell to me. You might even start 
Boston Scott, if you're really, really um, lacking, and if it's like a big bye week for your running backs or whatever, um, as a flex, I don't know. But for the Lions over here, Swift is a start. Um, Hawkinson's probably a start. Um, and that's probably it's, it. it's all the usual suspects. Yeah. Like both these teams suck yep. on defense, uh, really, really bad, and both have really like up and coming players. So it's time to deploy those players. If those players don't have the best game of the season now, like they'll never have. Yeah, it. there's really no hope at that point. Um, but jumping into an even uh, a better game, right? The Titans are traveling to the Colts. Big divisional game. Both teams on the up and up. The Colts have won back to back games. The Titans have beat two back to back amazing teams, right? Chiefs and Bills. So yeah. both teams are riding high. Uh, Colts are going to get back to 500. The Colts at home are favored what? one and a half against That's, the Titans. I think it's because the Colts, I think I gave this stat a while, long time ago, but the Colts have like historically beaten the Titans, Titans pretty quite badly. often, but, but yeah. I, I don't really like to believe yeah, that's, those things. Again, those are trends, but different teams, different seasons, different situations. But it is interesting to see the Colts favored at home after you know how much they've struggled up yeah. until this point. But bouncing back, winning two games, do you think the Colts should be favored at home? Are they on paper yeah. the on better pa- team? On paper, they are. Um, their defense is better. It's ranked better. Their passing is better. Um, their rushing is close, and the offense is overall is close. So they're not... Um, Neither team is way better than the other team in anything. Yep. Um, you know, uh, Derrick Henry gets a lot of love for all the carries he gets, but his yards per carry isn't that great. Um, he's not even in, like, the top 15, I don't think so. Maybe I think maybe not even the top 20. I'm not sure exactly, but I remember seeing that stat today. I think I, ret- I, think I tweeted about it. Um, but on the other end, um, with much less carries, mm-hmm. probably like half the carries, we've seen way more efficiency out of Jonathan Taylor because of the fact that they can – uh, throw him the ball as well. It's not so yep. unidirectional like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry grabs the ball. Derrick Henry runs with the ball. You know, he sometimes gets catches, but it's not as what are they going to do uh, like the Colts situation. Yep. So, you know, um, Colts are seventh in rushing. Uh, Titans are second in rushing. So, you know, it's a very close matchup on paper. They're very similar in the way, in the things they do. Defense is 21st for the Colts, 25th for the Titans. So it's like, you know, something has to change from their normal play style. Mm-hmm. And I think those things are going to be A.J. Brown and Pittman. Yep. I think that's what's going to be the difference maker for both of these teams are their big weapons. Um, I think it's time to deploy these weapons because we've seen what both of them can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know both of these secondaries are like iffy. T- Titans are way more iffier than the Colts. But, um, you know, I think uh, that's got to that's gotta be the difference. What do you guys think is going to have to be the difference here? Yeah, I think there's just going to be a lot of offense, like a lot, lot of scoring going on in this game. Um, you know, with Tannehill and AJ Brown connecting, AJ Brown expect him to have a have a solid game as well. Um, the, ro- the roads might be closed though. Oh, did Xavier Rhodes? Those days are gone. <laughs> Damn, They're good, just memories. Good times. Good times. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing about this is that I, so as far as like who's gonna win this game, I, I really think it's a coin toss. I think it could go. I think the Colts could win. I, they're probably the one of the best three and four teams. <laughs> out right yep. now like agreed the best three and four team and then i think the titans could come out on top as well so it's, it's a coin flip for me i, I i'm i'm uh, i was listening to some uh, betting options on this game and um tell me what you think about this right so mm-hmm. there was a teaser option uh, where you tease the colts get six points for uh the titans and then you also tease the vikings uh, I think the Vikings. It's mi- it's minus one Cowboys. So you you tease both the Vikings. So you get the both the Vikings and the Titans outside of a touchdown in terms of points, right? Right. So you're getting the Vikings at like plus seven or seven and a half, right? And you get the Titans at also that same. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. That. I, so that's like that's probably the best takeaway from this game for me. Yeah. So a couple things. First thing you mentioned, you were spot on. Um, 
I, I looked it up. So the number one guy that jumps out in terms of yards per carry doesn't count. He's an anomaly, Lamar Jackson. Mm. He only has 76 carries, and he's averaging 6.3 yards a carry, Jesus. right? The, fir- the first running back you see that has enough carries to make sense, Tony Pollard, but he's only got 61 carries, which isn't enough for the workhorse. He's right. at six yards a carry. The first guy who actually is comparable is Nick Chubb. He's got 90 carries, averaging 5.8 yards. The only guy that has over 100, yard, uh, 100 carries and is leading is Jonathan Taylor. 105 carries, he's averaging 5.5 yards a run. And then you have Derrick Henry, who is 16 spots behind him, but has 191 carries, Jesus. but is only averaging 4.6 yards a carry. So Taylor is averaging a full yard at least over, um, yard per carry over Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I don't know how to explain that. Well, I mean, you're just if you're running the ball more, you're gonna have a lot of more statistics where you just get that one yard and but, zero but, yards. But Derrick Henry like is that guy where the opportunity for the eighty yard runs yeah. also increases significantly. I yep. mean, you've got this. You've got like the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They put seven men on the block, right? Mm-hmm. You can't expect to get past that seven man like every single play and get five yards every, you know, on Th- every. That's down. that's the formula tex- the Titans are going with. They're like, we're gonna get stopped three times out of four. But that fourth time could be a 26-yard run. We're, yeah. we're like, we like our chances. Yeah. What's funny with the Titans is t- the Titans could literally run the ball every time, right? If Derrick Henry just averages three yards a carry, That's you put yourself in down. a fourth and one every time, and you expect Derrick Henry 10 times out of 10 to get a fourth and one. So it doesn't matter. he Unless he's averaging like two yards a carry, that's a problem. But the dude could average three yards a carry and they'll just hand him the ball every time. But it is insane because people don't appreciate what somebody who's getting way less touches is doing with how much more efficient they're being in Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor. And that's definitely something to take note. So I think, again, there's going to be a ton of points. We talked about it. I think personally, value-wise, you're getting a team that's 5-2 and two that just beat two of the best offenses in the league mm-hmm. at plus money is definitely worth sprinkling to me, right? If the Colts win, it won't surprise me at home, but value-wise, I can get a 5-2 and two Titans team that just beat the Chiefs and uh, Bills right. as a dog at yeah. plus money? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. The value is there. So can the Colts cover? Absolutely. It's a coin toss. Whoever wins the game is more than likely going to cover, but I like value-wise the Titans. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. The Bengals. The Bengals are five and two now. The Bengals are the real deal. They're looking to go six and two. They're cup. They're ten and a half point favorites at the New York Jets. Uh, over under forty three. I I'm looking at that over under and wondering why They're the Bengals couldn't score forty three by themselves. Own. Yeah, kind of what yeah. happened last week with yeah. the Patriots. Tell me why the Bengals cannot put up forty three points by themselves against the Jets. There's no uh, way be, I mean, because the Jets. Uh, <laughs> there's no there's no there's way. nothing <laughs> there's nothing um yeah no for, for me it's like if mac jones it goes lights off against this jets then think of what think what joe burrow yeah. and chase are gonna do the patriots team. run first offense put up 54 yeah. Th- that's an anomaly though because it's like like we mentioned it's like the jets daddy yeah the patriots just know everything about the jets so that was that was a lost cause but this is a little bit different uh more more firepowered offense they're facing so that's why i'm leaning towards the Bengals scoring like 38 points easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only thing is like if Joe Burrow gets benched by third quarter, like that's mm-hmm. also a huge possibility because you are facing not just the Jets. You're facing the 32nd ranked offense Jets, the 32nd in rushing Jets, the 30th in passing Jets, and you're and you have a backup quarterback. That was just just it's a nightmare. And I, now I'm officially going to fade the Jets every single game for the rest of the season. I'm going out on a limb and saying my lock of the week is that over. Like, I'm sorry. The Jets will probably give up short field position. I feel like the Bengals' defense could score for them. I don't understand anybody. Jamar Chase can't be stopped. So there's no Jet on the field that's going to stop him. Uh Even if they double-team him, Joe Burrow finally gets to utilize his other guys who are no slouches either. They just haven't haven't had to be utilized as much. Right. Uh, 
I'm taking the over. I'm locking in the over as soon as we're done with this podcast because that seems way too low for me. Yeah, with the spread being ten and a half, and then like a low. That's four, what I'm saying. Over. What are the Bengals going to win? Eleven yeah. nothing? Like that's not happening. Yeah. So I don't know. I really, really like the over. I mean, the other bet would be check what the Bengals team total is. If the Bengals it? team total, you know, could be like 32, 33 or something like that, five touchdowns, very, very possible. So um, I think, again, you're starting all the same guys. Is there anybody on the Jets you're putting on the field in this fantasy-wise? Desperate running back situation, Michael, Michael Carter. Carter. Because he got so many targets from the backup quarterback, Yeah, that could be a thing. That could be a thing in PPR. Yep. Uh, if he's getting like eight targets. Yeah, that definitely worth a start. He's officially a flex yep. position starter. Um, but other than that, I mean, the one thing I want to talk about is obviously Flacco's here. Are they expecting Flacco to start? No. Okay, so Flacco's not starting. No. Okay, so I was going to say, if Flacco's starting, there is one jet that I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give him a shot at starting, and that's Jamison Crowder. Right. I feel like if Joe Flacco was starting, Jamison Crowder seems like the perfect receiver for a guy like Flacco, who's like, he's not going to get a ton of time, right? Even if he gets, like, he's not very mobile, so he's going to have to get the ball out quick. Slot guy, a guy he trusts, both veterans, so he's not going to throw it to Corey Davis. He's going to throw it to... Corey Davis is injured. I don't even know if he'll play. Okay. Um, so uh, his stock might be high regardless of who's playing they're gonna have to come from behind i i just i don't want to like if i'm if i'm trying to win a fantasy football championship yeah there will be no jets to put on the field on yeah my lineup. unless you're so desperate yeah stay away Bengals, all the usual suspects burrows a start chase is a start mixon's a start samaj p ryan i've even considered starting because yeah. again the, the yeah. last week samaj p ryan got a touchdown he got a shit ton of yards because the Bengals were destroying yeah. right so there is an opportunity for a backup running back here to even get a valuable uh valuable fantasy point so i think the Bengals are going to take this one i think the Bengals covered the 10 and a half point spread i honestly think the Bengals cover the over on their own if not it's pretty close so uh that's what i'm seeing there uh let's jump into the rams another very lopsided game the rams are at the texans rams are just getting back-to-back easy ass weeks they're 14 and a half point favorites now um over under is 47 and a half. That's, I mean, that's another tough one. How are the Texans going to put a product on the field that's going to remain competitive? They're for not. Quarters? They're actually worse than the Jets. They're 29th in offense, 28th uh, in defense, 29th in passing, 28th in rushing. They're like, at least the Jets have like, they're like 15th in defense. You yeah. know, um, the Texans are officially like calling it quits. They just got rid of Mark Ingram, who was like their only guy that was startable. Re- reunited with the Saints and Camara. Right. They, um, they traded the wrong guy, man. You need to free Brandon Cooks. <laughs> get that guy out of that team. Get him to a team. That, yeah. that would be cool to see. Like get him the Kansas City Chiefs. Brandon Cooks or Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> just, that just reminds me of like Sammy Watkins 2.0. No. They, they need to get a bigger guy. Yeah. Like, uh, the Chiefs need a bigger presence. Josh Gordon's yeah. clearly not it. No. He's, Has oh, he even caught a pass? All right, Brandon he Cooks to the Eagles. Pass. The Eagles. He's still That's not still big enough. Little they guy. need size. We need bigger people. They need people. size. Uh, Cooks. But there is a place for Cooks, I'm sure. Yeah, Green Bay. Oh, Green oh, Bay is yeah. a great place for Cooks. Opposite, Devontae Adams. I mean, it could not get any better for him. But fuck that. We don't want the Packers no. to get any better. So, no. 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 Um, they are yeah. in the red zone. Fourth and one at the red zone right now, by the way. End of the first quarter, right? Yeah. Yep. I bet they go for it. I don't think they can afford they, a field They're line. lining up to go for it. Okay. It's going to be a go for it situation. Rams, everybody. Stafford, you start. Cooper Cup, obviously. Woods, you're probably putting in as well. Um, Daryl Henderson's been insane. Uh, he's a must start. Anybody on the Texans side you're putting on the field, are you starting Brandon Cooks, knowing that maybe Jalen Ramsey covers him? Oh, God. I, I am starting Brandon Cooks <laughs> oh, uh, just Lord. because I have to. And, and uh, at this point, it's just hoping that you get some garbage gar- uh, garbage points. Garbage points. And, man, I'm just waiting for Tyrell Taylor to come back because once he comes back, I feel like Cooks he's, will have a— he's, uh, He will be back. I, I He should be back next week. Next week. Yeah. And so okay, yeah. for Cooks uh, to produce after that. <laughs> some hope for Texans fans there um, and for Cooks owners. So uh, the Rams should run away with that one. Again, that defense is too scary. Scary offense, Davis Mills. Like, give me a joke. 
Um, that's horrible. But the Patriots, the Patriots have a tough one. The Patriots are going to be traveling to L.A. They're taking on the Chargers. Chargers coming off a bye. Patriots coming off a romp fest against the Jets. Chargers at home, favored by 4.5, over under 49.5. Talk to me. Coming out of a bye, right? Chargers, yeah. I I hope they haven't forgotten how to play because the Patriots' defense is still pretty stout. Yeah. You know, it's still pretty stout. As far as numbers go, they're 18th, Mm -hmm. which is worse than the Jets. Mm -hmm. But... That's not what really matters, like yep. right? Like you, that these are just statistics. You need to like take into consideration who's coaching them and all that yep. kind of stuff. Yep. I'm I'm wondering what the Chargers' formula is to win this game because they're both pretty poor rushing teams. You know, they have Eckler, but they like to throw it to him. Uh, Patriots, they like to run, but they also like to throw it to their running backs. It's pretty similar philosophy. Um, the the what's it called the the stats uh, back that up. They they like to play very similar style. The only difference is the Chargers like to throw bombs as well. Mm-hmm. Patriots do not like to do that. Um, so how, how do you win this game? Who wins this game and how do you win it? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, for me, I think it's like the, the, you've seen the Chargers offense when it's really good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of like these tight formations, passing out to Eckler and then the deep bombs to um, your Mike Williams. Sure. Mike Williams, yeah. yeah. So, you know, th- things like that that – was lacking in the Ravens game, and even prior to that, they against the Raiders, they stopped using Mike Williams like they normally do. So I'm looking for them to kind of get back to that type of game where Mike Williams is utilized. Um, and so, but this is going to be a tough ma- matchup against Bill Belichick's like New England Patriots. You know, it's it's tough to say who's going to come out on top on this. Vegas has them as four and a half point spread. Who uh, has um, the Chargers, Chargers are favored at home? At home. Um, so you know, but it, but it's a tough call. Um, last year they played uh, in December. Yeah. Um, 45 nothing 45 nothing patriots patriots so i mean it is a different team um but it, it's not so different um so the, we'll, we'll see the one thing that the patriots strong suit especially with belichick under this helm is they have a really good way of at least mitigating like one weapon right mm-hmm. i feel like they always at least take one receiving yeah, threat out that, of the equation that's, that's what they do and so is this get like have the Chargers, as has Mike Williams shown enough to where right now the Patriots are like game planning around how to stop Mike Williams and let everybody else beat you? So, or or is it still Keenan Allen? I think it's still Keenan Allen because of the diversity Keenan Allen provides. Mm-hmm. So he can do like all kinds of routes. Yep. If you can take away a guy that does all kinds of routes and just focus on one guy that does mainly like deep routes, you know, curls, mm-hmm. that's easier on the defense rather than taking away someone that doesn't do too much and still worrying about somebody that does a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I would do, but I don't know. I don't know, but they might just, it doesn't have to be a receiver. They might focus on stopping Eckler. Yep. And now both those guys are open. Yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what you really should do is stop the Eckler game. Because yep. once you stop the Eckler game and they have enough good defensive players to put pressure on Herbert yep. and now it's all on Herbert to win this game. Yeah. So, I mean, and Herbert's looked great, right? But it's not like we're sitting here talking Justin Herbert like he's a Josh Allen yet, right? So there's obviously an opportunity for Herbert to just not play well either, because right. he clearly showed he's capable last week. There's going to be games where he's off, and the Patriots provide a challenge regardless of who they play. So I don't know. The four and a half to me seems kind of big. Like I think this is going to be a close game. I could mm-hmm. see an upset. I could see a defensive battle. I could see the Chargers not really putting up a ton of points. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it is a Chargers game, so yeah. you wouldn't be wrong saying it would. It's going to be a close game because yep. almost all of their They're games like history, are. Yeah. The line started at five and a half. And so it's getting it's shrinking. It's shrinking. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the Patriots three wins, two over Zach Wilson, one over Davis Mills. Yeah. I'm not sold on the Patriots either. I just know their defense is good enough, Yep. but that's about it. Yep. They're, they're still a run first team that have very mediocre wide receivers. So if they're coming from behind, if they have to win a, coming, uh, get, win a game coming from behind, they mm-hmm. can't do it. They can't do it. So like, 
you know, um, I, I still think the Chargers should win this game. They, they've had a couple bad games, but the good games that they've had, they've been keeping up with really good teams. So, And here's Robert Tunyon, touchdown. Nope, he didn't get in. He only got one yard on that play. Some bullshit. Um, third and one at the two for the Packers. Three thirty-seven le- or thirteen thirty-seven left in the second. Cardinals are up seven nothing. Um, but yeah, the Patriots Chargers seems like a weird trappy vibe to me. I know the Chargers are coming off a bye. The Chargers are coming off a loss. Um, they're looking to turn ship around, but, but I don't know, man. You never want to fuck with the Patriots. Chargers defense is very very suspect. As yeah, well. their right, run right? defense is awful. And and if a guy like Bill Belichick can figure that out, which he probably will, Damian Harris has been great. And their run defense is bad. So right. if they control the clock and run the ball, you keep Herbert off the field. Again, that's, yeah. I know that's a recipe for a lot of people in a lot of places, but, I mean, that can that can easily happen. What's the over-under on this game? Somebody just ran it in for a touchdown. Aaron Jones? Yeah. 49.5. 49 49.5. I think I'm going to go under. I actually like the under as well. I thought that was a little bit high. I think the Patriots do enough to, like, control Milk, that score. Milking the Milk clock, clock is yep. the key here. Yep. And I see the Chargers trying to combat that by throwing more, right. more incompletions, mm. time stops. So um, I see I see it going kind of the same way, but we'll see. Again, I want the Chargers to do well. I have Herbert. I have Mike Williams. And they're a fun team to watch when they're doing well. Right. And we've seen, we've been with like the Chargers for years and years and years with Phillip Rivers where it's like, dude, we just want the guy to get an opportunity. They always show flashes, but they can't ever quite get there. So I don't know. It, it, to me, it's fun watching the Chargers play. You hope they succeed, but it, the Patriots are never easy. Uh, the Jags, the Jags are one and five. They're going to travel to Seattle. They're taking on the two and five Seahawks. Now Seahawks at home with Gino actually favored for once three and a half points over under 44. Are the Jags another money, uh, a money line dog upset here? Upset alert. Yep. Upset alert. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. Jaguars win this with emphasis. I don't think, um, I don't think it's gonna be as close as we think. I, I am definitely going out on a limb because the Seattle Seahawks are still rated better in many categories. Um, offense, they're 22nd. Jaguars are 25th, still pretty close. Rushing, they're 13th. Jaguars are 16th, still pretty close. Passing, 25th. Jaguars, 27th, still pretty close. There's one stat uh, where they're not pretty close, and it's the defense. Seahawks defense is 31st, only second to Miami's piss-poor defense. Jaguars defense is 19th. It's held up its own in situational football. Mm -hmm. I think there's been plenty of time for this Jaguars team to kind of figure out their identity now, and I think they have it. Mm-hmm. And Seattle is still trying to figure that out with their new quarterback, you know, and then the just terrible play calling. Like, you get a touchdown on your first drive, throwing a DK Metcalf, and you ignore him until the fourth quarter. That is not a winning formula. I don't care what you say. Like, that's just stupid football. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for reasons like that, um, I know they're at home. Seattle is at home, and that is one of the hardest places to ever play. But I think that for some reason, uh, very little reasons, but there are reasons to believe the Jaguars can win this game. Yeah, no, I like that. I like the Jaguars' chances in this game. I I, I expect uh, Robinson um, to have a strong game. Yeah, and oh, should yeah. be able to run all over that horrible Seattle rundy. Exactly, and so I mean that that's kind of what I think the formula for this game is. Um, Seattle hasn't shown us anything in their offense outside of the DK Metcalf yeah. touchdown, a flash by, in the pan. They're they, it's like they don't trust Geno Smith. They don't want Geno Smith to do more, and they're trying to get it to Alex Collins more. You talked about play calling. They're um, basically playing to not make mistakes and fuck up is basically yeah, what's happening. And right. that's a horrible recipe in the NFL. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and last time they played, Jacksonville actually won um, 30 to 24. This was four years ago. They okay. haven't played any uh, since then. But yeah, I, I just, there, there's nothing like sexy about the Seattle uh, just team as a whole. Like there's really nothing that stands out. I'm like, that's going to be the reason they win. Like DK Metcalf's hair. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> DK and DK Metcalf, it, it's happened every week, but today they, he randomly had an injury designation. He didn't practice today, so he's questionable. But he's had a foot injury that's been like uh, limiting him in practice since week four. Like they, all, he always sits out on Thursday and then he logs like a limited Friday uh, practice. It, it hasn't like been uh, significant enough to, for me to like see it in like a lot of these places I look for injuries. So it can't be that bad, but no, it's- yeah, like I'm saying, he has it almost every week since week four, and then he logs a limited practice on Friday and plays. So uh, it just randomly popped up because I have him. So it's just something to watch out for. But I don't think it's much of a concern. The only way the Seattle Seahawks can win is if they force feed DK Metcalf or they try to throw it to Tyler Lockett. Stop playing to lose. You have a team that's coming in that isn't good. Mm-hmm. So play to actually win this game, yeah. and maybe you'll see different results. But if they play like they played the Saints next week, the Jags are going to run all over them. Yeah, like this is going to be a money line parlay dog that I also think I'm going to sprinkle on. So uh, should be a good game nonetheless. We have Washington. We have Washington football team. They are traveling two mile high to take on the Denver Broncos. Battle of some fake news teams. Denver getting the home favorite points by three over under at 44.6. Can't be right. It's got to be five. I've never seen six in my life. So it's probably <laughs> 44 and a half. Um, I don't even want to watch this game, to be honest. <laughs> like, I just I just think this is two like very, very unenjoyable brands of football being played right now. Um, outside, I, and I don't even know if I'd start Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's the the Taylor Heineke experience is so hit or miss one week versus the other. One week McLaurin gets sixteen targets, the next week they just decide not to throw to him. So I don't know. What are you guys seeing in this game that's actually going to make it something to watch? I mean, I, as much as I hate to say it, Antonio Gibson. Like, <laughs> like when do I when do I get to say when do I get to wake up on a Monday morning and smile? After having Antonio Gibson. It's been a while. Hopefully it's this weekend. It's tough. Denver's defense is yeah. the one part of that team that's not really fake news. Um, they're very a- they're very above average in every category. They're the 50- 13th in passing, 15th in rushing, 11th yeah. in defense. They're just like slightly better than average. The yep. run defense hasn't been stellar. And though. there's no Von Miller this week. There's no Von Miller this week. So we could see a Gibson sighting yeah. unless McKissick catches. Are you guys Dude. starting Terry McLaurin against Denver? If I don't have any other options, yeah, but you have plenty of options, so I wouldn't start them. So, dilemma, side note, Mike Evans is going against Marshawn Lattimore, yeah, who has a history of shutting yeah, Mike Evans down, yes. but there is no Antonio Brown. Right. So, the targets will be there, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. If you had to decide between Mike Evans or uh, Terry McLaurin, I'm going Mike Evans because yeah. of Tom Brady. Yeah, that's exactly why. You're, at that point, you're playing the quarterback. Right. And Tom Brady did joke, although I don't take Tom Brady to joke lightly. I almost think he's serious about it. What do you say? Uh, there was a quote that came out saying Mike Evans was like, I didn't know it was his 600th ball um, or something like that. He didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember what it was specifically, but along the line. Or no, he said, I forgot. He said, I forgot. And then Brady was like, jokingly, maybe I forget to throw you a touchdown the rest of the year. <laughs> Uh-oh. So now I'm actually scared no, no, to start no, no, no. Mike Evans. No yeah. way, no way. Maybe he's just saying that so Mike Evans doesn't get covered and like Godwin's <laughs> the one that gets covered now. And so now Mike Dude, Evans I, gets the ball. It's like I'm a decoy. Ge- I'm genuinely like that's in the back of my mind. That's how much that, Tom Brady can affect you. Right? That's crazy. That's what I was thinking. Like you are dramatically affected yeah. from a joke Tom Brady made that he just forgot. He probably did. He yeah. said that for three seconds and yeah. he just moved on. Yep. And it's like affecting and it's like you. affecting probably other events. Like what the power that that fucker has Dude, is kind of insane. insane. Tom Brady is out here just doing all kinds of social media. He stuff. does that, and he just goes on the field and just casually throws yeah. four touchdowns, four hundred yards. He's yard having the game. time of his life right he now. Is. Has he ever had yeah. more fun? I don't no, think so. No way. No way. <laughs> New England could not have been fun. Belichick no. was not fun for him. Yeah. If Gronk was still here, he'd be maximum. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. It would just be maximum. Just fun. bro fest, bro. I mean that. I mean, and that's that's. What, how do we even? Oh who, yeah, so we we're talking about the receivers. Whose life? Game. Whose life would you want outside of Tom Brady? Gronkowski. No, <laughs> no I, w- I would no. take Gronk. I would take Brady's. I feel like Gronk's had too much CTE. <laughs> I 
I feel like Gronk's younger and he has a more like. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he's gonna oh. have more long term. He gets hit way harder. Yeah, I mean, just, oh, you mean that way? I mean, off field though, Gronkowski, like, come on. I'll, I mean, why? Tom Brady's married to a fucking supermodel. He's literally one. Michael like, Jordan is available. <laughs> we're gonna have to take this off. <laughs> yeah, let's take this off. But let's get back on track because we were talking about something not related to that at all. The football team against the Broncos. Broncos are getting th- are favored by three points at home. Are you liking that? Is there another money line dog option here in Washington? E, Jerry Judy does open up the field a little bit more. That is a type of yeah. receiver they have not had. They've had just these like big guys that just do big things mm-hmm. um this is that team that needed like a brandon cooks kind of player and they just mm-hmm. got him and uh that's, he's, he's gonna change everything he's gonna change the way this offense runs uh, a lot of third downs that don't that didn't get converted before now will get converted so i, I do like it is an improvement the uh, broncos did get better mm-hmm. uh at this game but they've allowed 21 sacks in seven games and uh washington football team's only strength so far has been Kind of getting to the quarterback. And they have a guy who should, like Chase Young, yeah. like he should. So, you know, and they, they're they eighth in pressures and they're fourth in hits. Okay. So th- that's the weakness here. Yeah. That, that is how you win this game if you're the Washington football. Yeah, I just think that whole organization is in shambles right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got too there's, much shit behind the scenes. There's so much stuff going on and, yeah. like, everything is kind of, the cookie's, like, crumbling or yeah. the deck of cards house of cards yeah that's the way the cookie crumbles yeah something like that i don't know but it's just not looking good for washington and so um i don't know this is a this is a a toss-up game as well it could be washington that wins and heineke and gibson and mclaurin have a a great game yeah Uh, or you know the denver broncos with jerry judy back yeah does teddy bridgewater does some teddy things yeah yeah I, i again to me when i think about betting i think about value and i just think there's they're two evenly matched teams and so you get money line dogs in washington again where denver's only beat bad teams Mm -hmm. so there's an opportunity for denver to lose but it's tough playing in mile high regardless of what broncos team you're going against especially when you're not a good football team like the football team Uh, but don't get me wrong when i'm watching this game on sunday i'm going to be rooting for the washington same football team absolutely i want mccorn to just pop off even if you if you even if i bench him i just want gibson to just Come on, man. Come on. Gibson, I have Gibson and Sanders on the same team, and I'm second place. Oh, my God, dude. Like, it's, it's, it can't sustain itself for very long. Dude, like That's going to blow up very quick. Yeah, nonetheless, um, for Broncos fans and maybe football fans, that'll be an exciting game. We talked about the Bucks just now. The Bucks are going to have a big test here. They're at the Saints. Uh, Saints are 4-2. and two, Bucks are 6-1. and one. Bucks are coming in at 4.5-point favorites. Over-unders 50. Uh, there is history here. Granted, it wasn't Drew Brees, but the the Saints romp fested the Bucks last year, last game year. one, right? Around this time, right? Was it this time? I it thought was it was the first earlier. game of the season. It was much earlier. Or is the third game of the season or fourth? Because they were coming in like either two and zero or three and zero. There was a two was, involved. There was definitely a yeah. two in there. So it's, I think it's two and zero, and then they went two and one because the Saints won like thirty eight to three or some mm-hmm. shitty, some crazy thing. But again, that was Breeze, right? Yeah, right. Does not Jameis Winston. Um, the Saints defense is legit. The Bucks yeah. pass defense is not good. The Bucks run defense is good. The Saints only really offensive threat right now is Alvin Kamara. So th- there is a, a pretty even matchup here. Besides the fact that you know you have Tom Brady and Jameis Winston, which isn't an even matchup. Is again like every other reason with the Bucks. Tom Brady's going to be the X factor here, or are the Saints' defense actually posing a legitimate threat? I think, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think so. I think so. Saints' defense is third in the league, and they have been looking like third yeah. every game we've watched. Um, the concern here is the Buccaneers are the number one offense and the number one passing offense. The Saints are the thirty-first offense Jeez. and the thirty-first passing offense. Um, they're very efficient, though. Don't get me wrong. I said that stat last week about Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Every 10 throws he throws is a touchdown. Not anymore after that last game with against DK Metcalf and gang. But the Saints are going to have to definitely change that philosophy when you're playing against a team like the Buccaneers. I don't know 
if the third-ranked defense can still contain Tom Brady to not let Tom Brady throw three touchdowns, I feel like Tom Brady's going to throw three touchdowns regardless of what the defense is or, you know, it's going to happen. I feel like it's just going to happen. So their job is to not be the 31st passing offense if you want to win this game Mm -hmm. because you're not going to win it running. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' strength on defense. So you have to throw. And the Buccaneers are a little suspect on defense because they do have some players that are not playing. Thank you, Tanyan. Yeah. 15-yarder? Yep. Um, But you're right. So the two things you brought up there. One, um, there there are reports that Gronk is back in practice, limited. Uh, he's not going to play this game. Okay, so Gronk is out of the equation. We we think Antonio Brown's out because he's been walking on crutches. Yeah. Even though they haven't ruled him out yet, it doesn't seem likely that he'll play. So we talked about Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. So really, the only real mismatch that they're creating at this point may be Godwin. And then you have other you know random guys. So it's going to be interesting because the Saints defense matches up really well against the Bucks offense, decimated, having Lattimore. Um and Kamara gets a ton of throws, right? So, yes, their run defense is great, but if they're starting to line up Kamara and use him the way they used him last week, that could end up being a deciding factor. But at the end of the day, to me, football becomes a game of the quarterbacks, and you just have too big of a disparity in a guy like Brady, who you trust every play, every possession, every time he touches the ball, versus Jameis Winston, who's as erratic as, like, Russian roulette. Yeah. Yeah, no, if, if there's anything on Jameis Winston to kind of, like, get his accuracy under control, it's the fact that you're playing against your old team that, like, let yeah. you go because of Tom Brady. So I mean, maybe yeah. there's a little bit of, yeah, like, sure. a, you know, yeah. animosity. Something Anim- to, get rid of you to get the GOAT. So, I mean, yeah. So, something to fuel you. Yeah, you know? I like it. And, I like uh, it. So, well, revenge so, game. There you go. I was going to say there's a yeah. term for that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, uh, I feel like if there's a game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose, um, it's this game. It's this game they so you know they're not going to go what sixteen and one in the on the year mm-hmm. they're going to lose a couple of games this there's a very legitimate chance for the New Orleans Saints to to win this game and for for that reason I, I'd be interested in taking that plus four and a half spread for uh, on the Saints side yeah I actually also like the under fifty in this game I think fifty might be a little too high um, never know but yeah. I just think there's going to be a lot of inefficient drives for the Bucks just mm-hmm. due to the lack of weapons. And um, and I think the Saints will try to get Kamara involved, whether it works or not. So uh, I don't see 50 points on the board. But again, I could be wrong. Um, two more games on the board. R- uh, real quick, Gronk yeah. uh, this morning was doubtful to okay. play uh-huh. uh, at 12 o'clock after the morning practices. Um, now, as of two hours ago, he's likely to play. Whoa. Okay. okay. That's going to help so out. Th- that's, a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Having yeah. a weapon like Gronk, red zone, Especially everywhere. Especially when you lost Antonio Brown. Yep. Yep. Take it. Yeah. Likely is a very, very nice word to hear when you're a fantasy owner. Yep. But again, wait wait till Saturday to make your decisions. Yep. So two more games. Sunday Night Football, probably the one game me and Shashot are most excited for. Both teams coming up the vibe. The Dallas Cowboys are traveling to Minnesota to take on our Minnesota Vikings. Cowboys coming in at 5-1, and one, Vikings 3-3. Three and three. Cowboys on the road, favored by one, over-under, highest on the board on the weekend, 55. Yeah, that, as it should be. Uh, without Patrick Peterson, uh, Cowboys are going to score 40 by themselves, maybe. It's not It's not impossible. Depending um, on the Dak situation. Depending on the Dak situation. And the Vikings offense is no joke either. There is really no weakness on this offense anymore. Nope. There's zero weakness, and there's MVP candidates all, over, all across the table. So Vikings could easily score up 40 because I don't think the – Cowboys defense has been getting away with a lot of things because they sneak out wins. So then you just ignore how bad they played in in that game. Like 
they just allowed Mac Jones to have a competition late into the fourth quarter, airing it out. Mm-hmm. That's not a good defense. No, you know, um, that's a very worrisome yeah. defense. And they, now they get takeaways, but yeah, they exactly. They, they do get takeaways. They mask their defense's inabilities by getting opportune yes. takeaways. Yes, not just takeaway sacks and everything, yeah. but you know mm-hmm. what team doesn't give away takeaways? It's the Minnesota Vikings. So something's got to give here, and I, I, I just don't see um, a Dak-led team. Um, to not score a lot of points. Yep. So this is going to be a shootout. I, this over is, you know, in my eyes, that's a that's an easy choice. The, it's the so the 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 trends of recent play. The right. Vikings defense has recently started to rise up. They've started to play better. They're third in like efficient uh, EPA, so efficiency per play, uh-huh. and they're first in third down defense. That's huge. Right. But remember, that's when we started figuring stuff out with Patrick Peterson. Right. Right. All of a sudden, all that figuring out just went out the window, and now you have to refigure out which side of the field who plays, and now you got Dantzler in the field who we didn't even trust to start. And now all of a sudden he's our number one cornerback. So it's like, it's not the same team it was last week or the week before. But we did have a bye week to figure some stuff out. Uh, That always helps. But so did the Cowboys. And that gave Dak some extra time to heal that calf injury, which is significant enough, like we mentioned earlier in the show. Um, So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? What do you guys think? Yeah, so for for the Cowboys, right, uh, one of the things that – allows them to be successful is they, they can make adjustments because they have so many options right they don't have to just run the ball um they have they don't have to just give it to the receivers they also have the tight end in their 12 formation so like whenever Gallup got hurt um instead of being in the 11 formation they were in the 12 with the two tight end mm-hmm. uh, look and and they actually that's a very predictable look because they run the ball 65 percent of the time if they're in that tight tight end uh 12 12 man form um so like you know but even then they're also very efficient when they do pass the ball. So even if they're, you're thinking the run comes in, they pass the ball to Schultz, uh, and so they and, and or CD Lamb. Um, and so they've got all these options. They are able to adjust. So I, I gotta like my chances if I'm a Cowboys. If Dak Prescott plays, I mean that's if Dak Prescott doesn't play, everything's out, and you know you gotta then that's a whole nother ball game. Um, but with with Dak, Dak Prescott on the on there uh, and the offense rolling like the way it has, I, I mean gotta like the Cowboys chances to win yeah I, I th- to me it's just gonna be about how the Vikings run defense looks mm-hmm. if if the Cowboys look like 2017 2018 Cowboys where they're just gashing you five yards a play which shittier running back shittier running offense have done for the Vikings against the Vikings this year then it's gonna be really hard for us to keep up because we're not gonna be on the field enough with our offense our defense is gonna get super fucking tired and um I don't know I just think that sets up the play action with shittier cornerbacks Patrick Peterson's out so Play formula, I guess the ga- the way this game flows is going to be very important. I just think the Vikings and Mike Zimmer need to do a job of coming in here and coaching to win, not mm-hmm. coaching not to lose. There's a huge difference, right? You can't try to run the ball against the Cowboys just because you go up 7-3, to three, expecting that you're going to control the clock. Their offense is way too dynamic. They're going to yeah. put up points in a hurry, right? So if we see the ability to put up points against this team by throwing the ball, we need to keep doing that. Yeah. We I mean, that, that's what we've been saying all year, right? And it just doesn't happen. Yep. You, th- I, you would think they figure this out after a bye week. But we'll just have and, to wait. And, and this see. is probably the hardest game we've. I mean, against outside of maybe the Cardinals, the Cardinals game, which we should have won. Yeah. This is the toughest test so far after the Vikings have kind of turned things around, yeah. right? So this is if the Vikings can win this, they're the real deal. If the Vikings mm-hmm. lose this, their only wins are against shitty teams again, and then they've lost against all the good teams yeah. they played. So it's going to be the same formula. So this is big. This is very big. This is pivotal. Pivotal. The Cowboys, whether they win or lose, they'll still get, they're still going to be five and two. They're still going to be winning their division. So to me, that adds an added element where the Cowboys aren't coming in here like this is a must win. 
were five and one. They're sitting pretty. They've been riding high in a really bad division. Yes, and the Vikings are d- losing the division to the Packers. They're three and three. They don't want to go under five hundred, and they're on the they're at home getting points, and that home field advantage is a real deal. So this is another money line underdog uh, play a, that I really like. Here's a real quick. Apparently, Vegas got the impression that Dak won't play th- against the Vikings because the line moved all the way from Cowboys minus two point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point to Vikings negative two point five. What at, the, at this moment apparently oh, there goes my ago. teaser option. Holy shit! So the I think the sorry side note I think the Cardinals just muffed a punt inside the fifteen. Yeah, Rondell Moore touched it and he acted like he didn't touch and it. He acted like uh, what yeah. an idiot! Like yep. if, if like what do you? Oh, yeah, rookies, and now the rookie. Packers are in the red zone. First and goal at the thirteen. The se- the crazy thing is he had the opportunity to go back and still get the ball, but he wanted to play it off. Like we have cameras, bro. <sighs> That's yeah. frustrating, but no, yeah, nonetheless, uh, this is going to be a great game. We're all going to be watching it together. Uh, we have a ton of Cowboys fans in the family, and yeah, in, in yeah the my da- all my dad's Cowboys fans, sort of friends are going to be there. Yeah, so that's that's going to be an exciting ass game. Uh, go Vikes! Monday Night Football is the last game on the board. The Giants are traveling to Arrowhead. They're taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs are struggling. They're three and four now. The Giants are two and five. What just happened? Oh man, he almost got a one-handed touch. Oh, he got they got a touchdown. Who's, one-handed. Who's he? A number 89. Who's oh, number 89? God. Is that the other Rodgers? He threw this it to the guy, other Rodgers. You got to see this. No. This was a one-handed OBJ Ooh, looking Oh, it's a Mercedes Lewis, the backup tight end, I think. Oh, but yeah. I think he's out. I think he's out. He's really? So, he's so fat. Is yeah. he out? I think he, <sighs> okay. the second foot looks like he's Okay. Out. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, so the Giants are traveling to Arrowhead. They're taking on the Chiefs. The Giants coming in 2 and 5 with a slew of injuries. That's been the storyline for them all season. Uh, the Chiefs are three and four. They're struggling. They're reeling. They need wins. They're coming in getting nine. They're nine and a half point favorites. What have the Chiefs shown to prove that they're nine and a half point favorites when they can't stop anybody on defense? It's not really what the Chiefs have shown. It's about the lack of consistency with the Giants. I feel like you know what I mean. Like the, the Chiefs should come in here and defeat this team. That. Yeah. Who, yes, they beat the Panthers, but come on, it's the Panthers with Sam Darnold and mm-hmm. no CMC. Um, so I, I'm I'm expecting them to be able to defeat the the Giants. I don't know if they covered that nine and a half. That seems kind of that it's, seems high. It's yeah. still the second ranked offense, right? As bad as Kansas City's played, they're, they're still number two. Mm-hmm. Mahomes still having a good year outside of those turnovers. The turnovers are what kills them. Mm-hmm. Um, defense is really bad. 29th. Their defense is way worse than the Giants' defense. Um, but their rushing isn't too bad either. They're still ninth overall in rushing, and I think they found a better runner in Darrell Williams mm-hmm. than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think you hit the jackpot picking him up because I think he's going to stay as a starting wow as a starting um, running back. So um, you know, if like if the Giants win this game, the things are going to like the roster is going to have to change for the Chiefs. Fund- fundamentally, they're going to have to change how yeah. they're playing defense because. Yeah, the Giants are in shambles. They literally can't keep anybody healthy on the field. So if you're getting Danny Dimes and a decimated weapon core to beat you, mm-hmm. um, that's definitely a problem. So I expect the Chiefs to come in here and win this game. Uh, I expect the Chiefs to have Mahomes to be having a great game. Tyree Kill should have a great game. Kelsey, Williams. There should be no way the Giants' defense is really stopping the Chiefs' offense. Right, but the Chiefs' offense is also not going to stop the Giants' offense either. As yep. bad as they defense, are— yeah. uh, Sorry, uh, yeah, the— Danny Dimes is a you know he's a reliable he's quarterback. Yeah. He's a serviceable. He's underrated. Serviceable. He's serviceable underrated. is the word. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he can move with his legs. You know. Um. That that those are the intangibles you need to beat teams like the Chiefs because if it's third and two, you know, quarterbacks that can't move outside the pocket, you're screwed. But Danny Dimes can get that first down. You know, he's willing to catch the ball mm-hmm. if he has to to get first downs. So I think I don't I don't I wouldn't discount the Giants too much. I th- I think um. It'll be closer than we think. Yeah. The the um the 
the reason that the Giants won last week was their defensive line. Mm-hmm. And one of the things uh, is the poor offensive line performance by the Chiefs, Chiefs right. allowing all the sacks and the forcing all the turnovers, creating ex- turnovers by exactly. making Mahomes have to run around. Exactly. So there's that going for the Giants to make this a competitive game. Yeah. You, if you're the if you're I guess fantasy, are you, is there a chance you're streaming Daniel Jones this week? The Chiefs defense is bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a possibility for sure. I think I had I would, yeah, yes. Yeah, I, I think there's, especially because he runs. He's almost giving you, like we talked about, rushing right. quarterbacks, like mm-hmm. four to six points just on the ground. Yeah. Um, so that's important to look at. Didn't he get a, he got a uh, rushing Reception. touchdown, receiving touchdown and a, a pass touchdown oh, last week. Oh, not no, a receiving, not a receiving touchdown. touchdown. He caught a receive. he caught a pass. He caught a pass. Yep. I don't know if he ran for one. And I think he got, he was, he was, he ran for one. Uh, he threw for threw one, one, and, and then he they, caught a pass. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so he can do it all. There's nothing Danny Dimes can't do, clearly. But nine and a half points, the Chiefs need a victory. There's not going to be a spot where they can get one. We we actually went through the Chiefs' uh, schedule recently, right? And there's a lot of really, really tough matchups. So this is a game the Chiefs need to come in and just dominate, win, get back on track, get the momentum back. Um, I expect a lot of the Chiefs guys to have big games. Yeah, they, uh, they have to. Yep. They basically have to. And that's Monday night. That wraps up the week eight preview. Uh, we apologize for going a little bit long there. Let's end the note, uh, end the show on the last thing on the board, our survivor picks. So we are in week eight of survivor picking. Shashot, you are six and one. Shobit, you're five and two. I am sitting here at seven and oh. Um, last week, Shashot went first and you took the Cardinals. Um, and so this week, Shobit, you're going to go first. You're five and two. Give us your survivor pick. Yeah, my survivor pick is the Red Hot Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they are playing the not-so-hot uh, New York Jets, so fully expect them to go into New York and just demolish. Take care of business. Yep. Yeah, that seems like an easy one. We had the fade Jets strategy early on, um, and that seemed to work really, really it, it well. It worked, except for one week. And the one team Fuck. is the crazy team that we talked about, the fucking Tennessee Titans. So uh, I, I like that pick from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night. They're at home against the Giants. Uh, this is a good spot. You're at home. You're playing a bad team. You need a victory. You have a tough schedule coming up. So I like the Chiefs here to take care of business at home. Shashot, what's your survivor pick? Um, I am going to pick the Rams. Rams against Houston. Are you seriously kidding me right now? Like, Houston's got nothing. They don't yep. even have like their best player, which wasn't even that good. Yep. But now he's gone too. So yeah, God bless Houston Texans. This is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, I think I, I like all those picks for sure. Um, very lopsided spreads on all of those picks. So it seems like they should all take care of business. That wraps up Survivor Picks. That is the episode, guys. Week eight preview so many fun games on sunday we want to get off of this podcast and watch the thursday night football game because <laughs> there's so many fantasy implications the packers have taken the lead they're up 10 to 7 with 624 to go in the second um so we will talk to you about the recap of this all on monday and so thank you guys so much for tuning in we're the only playbook check us out on twitter at only playbook all weekend to get updated on everything thank you guys see you next time